Hello and welcome to show 83 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. Years of War, Cole's thrash ball number is 83. Gaming related number fact. Episodes, Duke. Well done. And when someone reaches the age of 83 in the Jewish tradition, they may celebrate a second bar mitzvah. How weird is that? A second man again. Did you did you know that, Duke? No. Did you? So you're not very. I just looked it up on uh, this website here. So you're not very faithful, I see. No, he's not. Uh, I was just thinking that your religion. Never I'm a totally bad Jew. So you're still a boy. I am a cheapskate. (laughs) So you didn't have some like really rubbish singer like singing at your bar mitzvah then? No, I did not. God, how come? How come you didn't have one? I didn't have a bar mitzvah. No, no, but how, how singer at my didn't. bar mitzvah. No, how come you didn't have one? Because I wasn't really raised Jewish. I was raised Unitarian, which uh. is like, eh, here's what some other people do to express their, you don't want to come anymore? All right, see ya. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's a religion I can get on board that's with. That's right, man. I swear to goodness. And, you know, I always swear to God, but I was raised Unitarian. Uh <laughs> at one point when we were like I was like 12 and my brother was 15 we just said we're sick of getting up early on Sundays we don't want to go anymore and my mom was like alright eh. Eh. Uh, I've got a, a video game related fact uh, to 83 yeah. as well by the way uh, Pole Position 2 was released in 1983 there you go Ooh, a classic game there you go you see Classic. It's a lot like. Oh no, no, we're not doing another soundbite. Classic. It was a lot like Pole Position One. In fact, it was exactly like Pole Position One. You know why? Because the technology didn't exist back then to make big differences between games. No, it was just the same. We've new the Same game. Yeah. Just type in Mister. Actually, it was the same tracks. <laughs> Actually, it was the, the same drivers. Back, you ever saw huge wheels on the back. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so what? So, story have you got about? Oh, still, yeah, tell some. Are you ready? You see, I was. Uh, we're on the edge of our seats. I wasn't going to do one because you always diss me when I do it. So I wasn't going to do. Don't worry, we'll 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 carry on dissing you now. Are right, you ready? Even if you did uh, or not. I went to the movies. I went to the movies this weekend. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. How would you see? I went to watch Super Eight. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I want to no, see that. Don't tell me anything no about it. No spoilers. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. I don't want to know anything no about it. I will leave okay. a call. If you no spoilers. No spoilers, right? So. Nothing about no, it. Listen, listen, listen. Well, I have to say something it. about it because it's quite funny. But I nothing, don't want to know anything listen. about it. Just, 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 just. Nothing I'm to do with the content off. of the film. Nothing to do okay. with the story, the characters, or anything. Nothing. Okay, but it is about the film. That makes any sense. But I decided to take Millie because it's a 12A. So I said to Kay, oh, well, if it's a 12A, she'll be fine. We went to watch Harry Potter. There'll be no problems with that. We'll, uh, you know, we'll go and watch it with, with Millie. Um, and in, in the sort of, you know, the, the trailer, it says one occasion of strong swearing, doesn't it? You know what I mean? So I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. Be fine. Now, as you, as you know, I don't swear very often. So I'm not a, I'm not a big sweary type person. Uh, 
You so, can hear him after the podcast, listeners. He swears like a trooper. I know, yeah. I, don't, I very rarely swear. And I don't know why Duke's not listening, because uh, you know, when I say I'm not going to tell anything about the story, I'm not going to tell anything about the story. So I don't know. Yeah, but you say that sometimes, and then I'm you're not, like, trust oh, but and what? then there's the, the, the Pac-Man with all the dots. That's rich. Could we put the person in sport? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I admitted that I didn't care about that. Studios yeah, but other people did. And Whatever, it, just tell your story. Just listen, guys. So we I'm Billy. obviously actually listening now, aren't I? Shut up. So we took Millie, and I thought, yeah, I'd be fine. Well, yeah, those kids said shit a lot. And Millie, right, because obviously she, we, do, we never swear in front of her, you know. Is it like the guy on The Wire? What the hell's the guy on The Wire? Anybody ever listen to The Wire? Watch The Wire? Hang on a second. Wait, here is a sound clip from YouTube. The guy, the councilman, or the state senator. I haven't seen The Wire. It's a great show. This isn't spoiling anything. I'm going to be the scapegoat for the whole damn machine. She. <laughs> no, not quite like that. Um, but those kids, she... those kids said shit a lot, piss a lot, and there were quite the a few. Too. I know. And there were quite a few scary moments, more so than I would have thought Millie could cope with. To be uh, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? She absolutely loved it. So she See, really enjoyed kids it. Could take, yeah? Kids, yeah? Are more, kids are more like. Like you know, stronger than people think. Like they they swear all the time at school. They they they. You know, she, if they fall out, if a kid falls over, she. If a kid she, falls over, right, it takes them three seconds to get back up. Right, it's not even that. All right, and we cut trying to we we fuss over them. We go, oh, don't fall. They're indestructible kids. You could throw them off a cliff and they'll be fine. Uh, don't throw them off a cliff. But the, and <laughs> the thing about that is, the more you like comfort them and and oh are you okay and like every little thing is a big deal the harder it is for them to deal with other stuff later on in life so i, I was agree. i was on that end of that like i i got you know i was kind of a crybaby when i was a kid because every little thing my parents would be like oh you're okay oh it's all right if they had told me like stand up you're fine keep keep going i think i would have had an easier time of it in life well i i'm i'm really mean to me so she'll be fine I don't think that was your favorite kids as well. They don't play competitive sports anymore. All right, so they always cheat when you play games with them. All right, and they can't stand losing, and I just they just can't take it if they lose. That is absolutely so, true. Yeah, and it's because they don't they don't do competitive sports in schools. It really mm-hmm. winds me up. Yeah, so it, it is. First thing I'm going to teach my kid is how to lose. <laughs> life. I'm going to own him in football. Dad. I'm going to own him. <laughs> Racing, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta like play tennis and hit the ball at him <laughs> as hard as you can until he's fifteen and he absolutely wipes the wipes the floor <laughs> with me. Uh, but yes, but Millie is, and by the way, is a pretty darn good film. It's a pretty darn good film. Uh, just a just a newsflash, everyone. There's riots going on in London and in Birmingham, and there's one started in Warvale, apparently. Yeah, but did you know as well? By the way, those riots were caused by Grand Theft Auto. Of course, because that's what the Evening Standard reported this very evening. What? <laughs> yeah, it was influenced by the video game Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with a shooting. Remember the riot, the riot of London level in Grand Theft Auto 4? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And looting. Well, there was a riot in San Andreas. Yeah, well. Damn, you shouldn't have said that. Look, you're making a link. <laughs> but I don't know how to do it. Just, there was no riots or duty. Got cut at UK, just writing a story where, uh, quoted from the veteran gang. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. I know people are listening to me. She. She. (laughs) (laughs) She.
so yeah so the the newspapers are and this is a free newspaper you know it isn't the sun for a change it's a free newspaper but yes it is called by grand theft auto so there you go are we going to introduce people oh yeah. Uh, yeah should we do that uh <laughs> Yeah, we've just been rambling and stuff. But yeah, and it's I am video game podcast. Now. It is indeed. I am the daddy. That is me. <laughs> Yay, the daddy. Yay, and we've got Chitty. Uh, Yay, Chitty. And we've got Duke. Uh, I never do the same thing twice. Action. Honey, I'm home. Pac-Man, I'm Jewish. Jeffrey, we lost the tournament. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? Speaking of funny stuff, that's from the Thirty Rock, the TV show with uh, uh, Tracy Morgan, who I'll plays I'll a character named Tracy good. Jordan. And uh, it's really funny. There's a great scene where he's supposed to do something over and over again. He's like, "I never do the same thing twice." Pac-Man, I'm Jewish. Yeah, Pac-Man. And then in the last one, he goes, "Jeffrey, we lost the tournament." And he's holding this enormous trophy. It's like, what the fuck? working with you. Can you be dead to me? Shit. You're going to play that all the show now, aren't you? <laughs> well, there's a, I'm 33 seconds of a 56-second uh, montage, so the, I don't think it'll last the whole show. <laughs> My, yeah, but you'll just start repeating them when you get to the end. <laughs> no, I don't do that sort of thing. I never repeat sound clips. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about video games. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, Super 8. Go watch it. You'll like it. You'll like it. I will video watch it. Video games. I'm... Is there a game called Super 8? No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, there is a game called Section 8, though. Section 8? Ah, <laughs> now you're talking. Oh, yeah, good <laughs> Now you're talking. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm video game crazy today, baby. <laughs> God. Um, so, yes, uh, video video game. So, yeah. Um, well, I'll start. I'm going to start this week. I'm just going to... Oh, snap. I'm going to mix it all up. Uh, because I'm in pain. It's like serious <laughs> pain. Uh, well, my arms hurting, my back's hurting, my shoulders aching. Are you playing a Connect game? I could have been. Uh, my hand is is actually really sore, uh, really sore. Today. Don't don't feed him, dude. Uh, you know what he's fishing. I uh, I am in pain. Guess what I've been playing? I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in really serious serious. In fact, from I, dust, you uh, still have buyer's remorse pain from that uh, turd of a game. Uh, no, uh, no, I haven't played it since. Fair to say. You know why? Cat. Stupid piece it's, of crap. I'm, I'm going to stick with piece it. I'm, I'm going to get back. It does get better. It does get better. But you know, uh-huh. keep telling yourself that. But no, this is getting better and better every time I. But as I, as I said, are your tears like frying your controller. <laughs> as I said, sure, sure, sure. As I said, that's the beautiful thing about Connect. You can't. You cry all you want. You can't hurt. Anyway, it. Just I, drop straight to the floor. Anyway, they just slip on them. And, ah. As I mentioned the other week, I did finally buy child of eden because it was under 20 quid and i said as soon as i found it somewhere under 20 quid i'm gonna buy it, and i did yeah. uh and then this week i thought right do you know what i'm gonna bloody beat that stupid game right because <laughs> i the the level i was stuck on level five and i couldn't for the life of me finish it and kept dying and i was getting really frustrated and stuff right so do you know what i did a, i did because you can obviously play in free mode where you don't get killed or anything so you can play through the whole level to the end so i did that first just to sort of you know, get used to what was coming up and stuff. Um, and then I did it the first time through without any about issues. Uh, Child of Eden. Oh, right. Child of Eden. Right. So I did it first time through. Uh, and then the final, <laughs> the final level is called Journey. The final level is called Journey. So I like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Right, for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Uh, it's called Journey, uh, the final level. Did I, I mention the final level? I see, what you, I see what you did there. Journey. Yeah. Um, it's cute. 
And I finished that, and I did the. There's a there's an achievement for getting ten perfects in a row, which I did. Is there really? Listen, listen. And I got a couple of, of extra ones on top of that, right? And then when when it, obviously there's leaderboards. When I got my score, I was one thousand five hundred and seventy six in the world on that level. Oh. Which I've got to say is pretty bloody good, surely. Well. Depends, well, it depends on how many people, people are playing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, in the earlier levels, uh, some of them I was sort of like 25,000, 30,000. No, but well, the later levels, people probably got sick. Probably yeah, saw, probably I think that. I just, God, this game sucks. Well, then, on the flip <laughs> side of it, no, I don't think people think that, but it is hard it, to get you to... speak to... for the whole population who played. No, if you, AKA read, if you read any of the posts on this game, a lot of people agree that it is a tough to get to that sort of... And what, do you know what's really annoyed me, though, right? I was on, the, on my friends' list, and there's about six people on my friends' list playing the game, six or seven, and I was number one on every sort of level, and then Hawkson has beat me on three of those now, so now it's like a, like, right, you know, I've got to sort of get like those... speed hopper suit thing. It is, and I, I am now sort of wanting to get those better scores back. And But one of the achievements, right, I've got, for instance, on the first level, I've got something like 319,000 or something like that, and you get an achievement for getting 800,000 on the level. I have no idea how you would do that because you've got to hit everyone and actually Be awesome. That's how you, you do have it. You have to be seriously awesome to get that achievement. Well, I am seriously awesome. What game are you talking about? <laughs> Child of Eden. <laughs> oh, I'm not playing that dumb game. But I heard it's hard. It is hard. But, but I, am, I love it just as much. I've got to say, it is a, such an engrossing game once you're in the zone. And what I didn't realize is when you finished the game, and the ending was... I, I love the ending. I love the ending of that game. It was well, very it ethereal. <laughs> no, it was very ethereal. Very like, oh, that's nice. That was cute. I like that. Uh, shut up. And well, when you finish, you unlock a bonus level that I wasn't aware of. Bonus level. Called Hope. Uh, and it's a challenge level, basically. Your bonus level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called Hope, and it, it's a, it's just a 30-minute level marathon, just go as long as you can sort of challenge mode. Does it When it starts, does it say, please take LSD now? No, but you could do, because it's very like that. And what's cool, it just starts with just a basic beat. There's nothing else, really. It's just a beat. Yeah, pretty much, really, just a drum beat. And then every time you shoot, or you actually add to the music in this, so the sort of the different sort of shots you do actually add more music to it. So it's very, by that last level, very impressed. But I don't get, I've not got very far in it. I keep getting killed really quickly. Uh, but it's like you just like you know it's it's a little bit like a horde mode I guess because you sort of just have waves of enemies and then obviously you you finish that round and the next one starts and obviously it gets increasingly difficult between the rounds. Balling. Yeah, very good. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more depth to the game than you realise, and that's what I think is kind of cool about it because you think yeah, it's sure shallow it and superficial, but it's not. There's a lot of depth in that game, so it's a great game, really good. Uh, so you yeah, surface lizards should get together and play it. I know. Yeah, surface would live it. Um, so yeah, playing that, and then as as you know, my wife was away, so it's like finish games week. That was the perfect segue you could have ever gotten, and you yes. just blew it. Did I really? Why? You should have got surface Ugh, to play mind, with you. Just yeah, keep well, on, I'm keep on. Uh, yeah, so wife's away. Yes, she will play. You know, get some games in. Uh, so I, I understand this game. You've been dying to play co-op with someone. Well, that, I'm, I'll come to that in a minute. But, <laughs> 
I put a list of games up on Facebook and said, what should I play? You know, so I put a list of the games I hadn't finished up. And re- weirdly, and I did... Well, put- in a spreadsheet format? No, Because no. I know you have a spreadsheet it's of all the games you have. I put four up on there. Uh, and I can't actually remember the ones I've put up now. Uh, I think there was uh, Infamous That's because they weren't in a spreadsheet. No, no. Infamous 2, Yakuza 4. Infamous uh, 2, that's what you should have played. Silent Hill Shattered Memories. And there was one other, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, Infamous 2. And Silent Hill Shattered Memories was chosen. That's what people Boo! play. Uh, so Resistance I played it. Resistance 2. Oh, yeah, Resistance 2 was the other one I put up. No. <laughs> well, Silent Hill was chosen. Um... And I've, I played yeah, cool it and finished it in a night. It took me four hours to get to the <laughs> yeah, end no, no. from where I was. Uh, four hours to the end of the game. And yeah, Shattered ex- Memories, the Wii one way down. It is. Excellent game. That's why you can't remember what the fourth one was. Your memory's been shattered. It has. But no, see, excellent game. Excellent puzzles. Really good. Great ending. Really liked it. Good story. Yeah, definitely worth playing. And it does this really cool, crazy thing at the end as well, which I really loved. Give me an example of something cool from the story. I'll be the judge if it's the cool story or not. I can't tell you because the, the cool thing is the sort of plot, really. It is hard to really tell There's you. There's no way to tell me anything about the plot. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that he does really cool, right? And it is, so I guess it is a spoiler, but it's not a story spoiler, if you will. Warning! Uh, warning! Warning! Throughout the game, basically, you, you're sort of, in some parts of the game, you're talking to a psychiatrist. As you're playing the game. So this psychiatrist, it'll be like a, a dream sequence type thing, right? And, and they ask you probably, I'm assuming, proper psychiatric tests. So they give you objects and you have to describe how they make you feel. Or it'll do the pictures, what ones remind you of sex and all those sorts of things. You know, really weird sort of psychiatric tests on you. A picture that reminds you of sex, that leads you to psycho weirdness, huh? Well, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Or it says, you know, they'll, t- they'll tell you... What do you see in this ink plot? Two people having sex. Yeah. Psychopath! Get this man in a straitjacket! Well, it's all that sort of stuff. Anyway. But at the end, it, it gives you a report on your psyche. So you get a full report on, on you as a person from... Based you, on what you've done based in the on, game. Yeah, based on how you answer. That's a fair assessment. I believe that's in the DSM-5, actually. Four. They're doing that. With- it, were, it was kind of revealing. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, I didn't really want to know all that stuff. Thank you're you. a middle-aged guy playing while your wife is out of town, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, so and, and it was really kind of cool. And I love that. I mean, the, I've never been psychoanalyzed by a game before, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah. Well, this, uh, this plot description sounds great in Wikipedia, man. While wandering the streets, the town begins to freeze over. Yeah. And he meets monsters that chase him. Pretty much. He reaches his house only to find another family living there. Yeah, it's, it that's is funny. That's the plot of Silent Hill 1, 2, yeah. 3. <laughs> it is brilliantly. I don't know how the ending those games, but this, I thought the ending was great. Really good ending. Very I'll be good. the judge of that. Let's see here. Scroll down. God, what, have you all ever heard of summary style? What is this 20 paragraphs about? Because a there's a lot of story in that game. It's a big story. Uh-huh. Game. Uh-huh. Story driven. <laughs> oh, Duke's like dissing it, and he likes story driven games. What's all that about? Is it I'm just sorry. Cause, wandering cause the streets you, and monsters start to attack him it, does not sound like a brilliant story. Is it because you're a weeist? <laughs> well, I am a weeist. I'm not going to argue about that. <laughs> but look, all I can say, if you've got a Wii, dust it off, play the game. It's good. Very good. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, Surface Lizard turned up. He <gasps> not for very long now, did he? Pardon? Not for very long. We were on for uh, three hours, three and a half hours. We Ooh, played. that's a long time. Three and a half hours. We played. we played through the first two lots of co-op uh, maps. So, yeah, we played for about three, three and a half hours. We played till about 10 o'clock from about half seven. Yeah, so maybe a bit a little less. 
maybe about two and a half. But um, yeah, I, I've got to say, um, I think Portal Two is the finest video game ever made. You never played Ico, so you can't say that. Well, maybe not. From but but what I'm saying, I've ever played. You did that. all right. So okay. I've not played. A, I, I'm not, not going to argue. It's a great game, and I think when you get up to that level, it may not even make sense to say this is better than that. Like, yeah, there, like there's a small handful games. of glorious angelic games, and Portal oh. Two is definitely up there. I think just the co-op is the most complete co-op I, I have ever played. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's it's integrated into the story of Portal very, very is. well. And what what's even better about it? It just it just works, and and you just play off each other, you know. So I'd figure something out, uh, or or Surface Lizard would figure half of a puzzle out, then I'd figure the other half out. And yeah. It's just me and, me really and Duke played it together, and we just yeah. went back and forth. Back, I, like the most common thing said was, "Oh, I know what to do. I know what to do." Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although in Stu's case, it was probably Stuart. I think I have an idea about what is going to be done with this. It reminds me of Monty Python's sketch when no, they are bringing out no, dead people. Now I'm going to go over here and sh- look at my bum. I'm just going to look at my bum <laughs> in a pool. Stuart, uh, we need to decide how we're going to solve this puzzle <laughs> hey, in look, the same way this, that Henry Kissinger might have called a dance party with Danny Terrio. Just Service. push the button. <laughs> look at the cloud up there. That's great. Well, yeah. um, I refuse to look upward at your insignificant details, Stuart. Hey, look at that grating on that metal. Isn't that? Let's just do this all hour. This is why people tuned in. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't. To, to be fair, though, he was a, he was a very sporting player. He didn't. He never killed me or anything, which he could have what? done on many occasions. No, he I, wish, I wish we I know. could say that each other. Yeah, <laughs> never killed me. Actually, we kept it to one each, didn't we? I think we kept it to one each, didn't we? Actually? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Well, yeah, I loved it absolutely, and I can't wait to play some more. So we will get another mandate sorted out and uh, play some more. I thought it was mandate sounds brilliant. Long. I know, well, it's what it is, been a mandate. Uh, and he didn't do any weird sort of compulsive disorder stuff. You know, I wasn't going in and out of rooms five times and stuff like that. So that was fine. Uh, was he doing this? <laughs> Come on. No, definitely never did any <laughs> of that. Good. Not that I remember. Not that I remember. But what I, what I did think as well, it is like the main game. You know, when you get to some of the bigger puzzles later on, you're just like, where the hell do we start? You know, and then you just do it. You sort of think you're never going to, you know, even work out how to begin sorting out what you have to do, but then it just all clicks in, doesn't it? It's just brilliant, really good, really good. Um, so then, then I got from a love film, uh, Marjon or Margin, whatever the hell it is, Forsaken Kingdom. You love the one that people were once upon a time comparing to Ico. Yes, and you loved this game, didn't you? Do you loved the demo and the voice acting and all that sort of stuff? I thought it was weak. I am Marjon. Yeah. I am clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The actual gameplay. You didn't hate it though, did you? Do mm, the gameplay? Uh, no, I thought it was all right. The gameplay is interesting, and it does get fairly complex. And there's a lot of interaction. Like he, like the margin thing is like your special powers. I guess is the best way to put it. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. The puzzles are good. The boss fight. We did a boss fight, which was really a cool. Like, yeah, fight. it was very. Fight. There was the first boss fight was very Shadows of the Colossus type. What's that guy, dude? 
And it was in, oh my god, my brain hurts. It was in stages, um, and it was it was very reminiscent of, of a Shadow of the Colossus boss fight. It was very similar. Um, learned a new word, but but the voice acting is pretty terrible. Yes, the dialogue is almost non-existent. His dialogue isn't isn't so bad. The main character's dialogue in the cutscenes, but the you you meet these mice who you who you get a sort of tips off for stuff that you need to do, and they'll sort of give you the next bit of story or the next sort of thing you, objective you've got to do. But like, there's like these scarecrow masks that you have to break to open doors, right? And you'll you'll ask a mouse or something, and he'll go, you know, he'll go, I think you need to break the scarecrow mask or something like that. And then three other mice or a bird or something else will tell you the exact same thing as you're wandering along. So you sort of get it great. Yeah, and you just like, look, you've told me three times already now. I think I know what I've got to do. And and the voice acting for those is just really terrible. The the mice are even worse. But then the margin thing says about three lines and that's it. And he just repeats them over and over again. Um, So that gets a bit frustrating. And the other thing that was really weird, right, there's... It had subtitles, so like, I don't like playing games with subtitles. I will turn them off. Turn them off, but they still came on, even though they were turned off in the options. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm just like, what? Why the subtitles? Wow, on? subtitles that you can't turn off. Subtitles that you can't turn off. Yeah, that's a bit of a game breaker. Yeah. So there's all that, and then the other. But really... you kept playing it. Yeah, yeah, I did keep playing it because once it takes a bit of getting into it, it's one of those games you've just got to stick with it for a bit because as you that get... seems like every game you play. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> when you it. stick with it, you're keeping. Like, it is one of those please. games. It's starts off, but it's it's got a really huge world. You know, you have like a bit of a hub world, uh, and it's a bit like uh, Zelda. In it's more like Zelda than anything because Don't the margin. It is. It is though because the margin gets special powers, and then you use whatever special powers he's acquired to guess what. Solve the puzzles. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so there's like blah, blah. wind, lightning, all those sorts of things. You just it? solved wind. Yeah. You use this <laughs> boss thing that hates yeah. wind. Or blow this bell to help you solve where you need to go. Oh. and Yeah, all those sorts of things. Uh, but it's cool. I like it. But then I completed like the first boss fight. And then I had absolutely no idea where I was supposed to go next. Because it didn't continue on from where you were. You had to backtrack for like nearly to the beginning where you started off from to find the next place you had to go and there was no indication as to where it was and I, the only way I could find out what I had to do next was I eventually went on a walkthrough to see where I had to go so I didn't sort of look on you know what I had what I had to do I just tried to figure out where in the map I needed to be and yeah that was that was a major issue because you know I shouldn't have to go and look at a walkthrough to find out where to go next so that is a bit of a game breaker. I've got no, to say. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Why would you? You, no. should, you shouldn't just know. <laughs> game breaker. You're just spoiled by modern games and everything. Yeah, but it's a big map. It's not like a tiny map. You know, it's a big map. You should know where to go next. It should be a pointer or something to indicate it, or a breadcrumb trail. That'd be good glowing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Allah, you're spoiled the, by the, dead space. Allah, turn the glow up or down. Excellent. <laughs> but that doesn't matter because in that game you, you're looking for different objectives and stuff, aren't you? And you know where you've got to head eventually. In this, it was very vague. There was no real. You know, didn't really tell you what to do. But apart from that, it's actually not not so bad at all. I'm quite enjoying it. So I'm going to stick with it 
Uh, I'm having quite a good time with it. So. We'll see. You say that a lot, and then like you never talk about the game again. Well, and I might never do. A year later, it shows up on your little spreadsheet. <laughs> I do that too sometimes, but but we'll see. No, I'm going because it's a rented one. I think we should be honest with ourselves. I don't plan to play this anymore. No, I am going to because I quite I am quite enjoying okay. it, so I'm going to stick with it. Um, and then the the last thing I played this week was the uh, insanely twisted Shadow Planet demo. I played this. I played this. I played this. I played okay. this. I wasn't as blown away as I thought it was going to be. If I'm being really honest, because I thought I would be straight away. How blown away? Hold on. At least it listen. Blown away was you expecting? <laughs> Not like I don't know. From dust. Well, <laughs> oh no, I thought sort of. You know, it looked really, really cool. So I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to absolutely love it. And as soon as I played, I'm going to want to buy some points and get the game. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel that. Now way. let me ask you this: If you hadn't blown all your points on From Dust, would you buy this? I don't know whether I, I think I would have bought Bastion if I had the choice of the three that have mm. you know come out so far. I think it yeah. would probably be Bastion. I would have. I haven't played that one yet. Yeah, I think it would have been that. I, I, I like it. I think aesthetically and sort of art style is great. I think it looks brilliant, yeah. you know. And, I, and I, the, the animations are great. The yep. the way the, the little shit moves around is really cool. But I don't know, from what I played, I don't know whether there was enough. to. It, it just felt like Pixel Junk Shooter, you know. It did, it did feel like... Uh, it reminded me of the Fantastic Journey. Remember that film? Yeah. Uh, yep. like, I, I liked it. I really liked it. But... I liked it too. Uh, I think it was. It's going to be one of those. If it was eight hundred point type, yeah, games, I would get I'll it. When it, it's eight hundred points, then I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, I will. I, I really liked. I mean, the, the the most important thing that they had to nail when with this game was how it controlled, mm. right? Yeah. And as soon as you start moving that ship around, you're like, yeah, I have complete control yeah. of the ship. I know what to do. Yeah. So, and if yeah. you're if you're turned off by the fact that it shoots very slowly at first, don't worry because there's upgrades upgrade, that make you shoot yeah. faster. There is, yeah. No, I did. I think they did a good job of of showing the story without using any words at all. I love that. Yeah, it does a lot of things really well. But I just, I don't know. I was expecting to be really like wowed by it, and I wasn't. You know, I thought it was. I thought I think it's good. You know, God, don't misunderstand me. It's not that I don't think it's a good game. I just wasn't blown away with it. Uh, But I enjoyed it. But it wasn't enough for me to go and buy some points and get it though. You know, and yeah. and you know, Fruit Ninjas coming out. Maybe that'll be the one. Who yeah. knows? Uh, uh, it's been yeah, a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, a shit summer of arcade. What's the last game? Like, oh, uh, that uh, uh, toy, so- toy Soldiers. Yeah, that better be fucking brilliant for to make up for this summer of arcade nope. because it's been a poor show. It has been. It has been. And I'm not saying none of, none of the games are terrible, but none of them have really blown us away. I guess that's yeah. the problem. From, from Dust is kind of terrible. It, it, well, you know, you've got your own opinion on that. You have your own opinion, but yeah, yeah my opinion I can't is correct. I can't He's got very governmenty on that one, isn't he? You've got your own opinion on that. Now I respect your. Opinion. <laughs> I respect your opinion, but you know, I'd call it like governy. That's as far as it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, but Bastion's getting a lot of praise. You I know, oh Bastion, a lot of people are loving Bastion, so maybe we've underestimated. You're a Bastion. Sorry, I thought you said something else again. Sorry. So. If I... Not no safe people from Annapolis. It's motherfuckers from my own city. Oh, that profile. <laughs> she. Um. So yeah, I mean, insanely demo. Yeah, it was. It was sort of good. It was good. Sort of worth good. playing. I mean, the demo is definitely worth playing. Yeah. 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 It there could be the best game of the summer of arcade game. That's not saying yeah. a lot. No. Nope. It could be, but I still think Bastion may take that yeah. accolade. If I'm being honest. 
But if you're not into like those kind of games like me, then I don't think you'd be both. I mean, it's a bit like you know, it's a bit like what Greg said to you. It's it isn't really an RPG. It's more like yeah, an action adventure. I will try it. I just, I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Greg on that. It is. It is. is falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds like a segue. Yeah, well, there, you, there you go, Chini. You you carry on then. So that's that's me done. Uh, well, I've been falling down the rabbit hole. That's what I've been doing. Yep. I've been playing Alice Madness Returns. Um, this is a 3D platformer, and it's a sequel, technically, even though it's like 10 years later. Has anybody played the first Alice game? Uh, American mm-hmm. No, I heard about it, but it's not something I've ever, ever experienced. I heard it was very overrated, is what I heard. Duke? Duke? Nope. Um, anyway, like... If you buy the game brand new, which I didn't, I rented it, you, you get a copy of Alice, American McGee's Alice, the original. Um, so that's cool, I guess. And, yeah, this is a 3D platformer, and it's a weird version of Alice in Wonderland. And when I say weird, Stu, I mean weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Odd. Alice is it's written on the ground. And I Thank show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Thank you, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. All right, Alice rips off her own face at one point. Really? Um, there's talk about rape and there's Ugh. prostitutes. It, it doesn't hold back, right? Yeah. So it's 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 a genre again that we don't get anymore. We, we don't get many 3D platformers anymore. All right, I I can't think of that many this generation. Banjo Kazooie is the only one I can think of. Um, uh, there was thinking Epic Mickey, I guess. Any decent Epic Fail? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, as a platformer, it's it's okay. Like you still get the same, the same problems that you get with all platformers. What about Mario Galaxy? Is that not a three D? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's rare and not rare the company, but that's rare occurrence. Anyway, the camera is a bit dodgy when you're fighting. You know, it's like it uses the Zelda system of locking onto an enemy. It's it's a bit of a dodgy camera sometimes. Um, but the, the main problem is that. It starts off really, really interesting, and and the first chapter's good, but the the second chapter and the third chapter they they're just really dull, and it's a really long game, all right. And there's only five chapters in the game, but it it drags, and it's like um like you just jump on a vent and then you get blown up and then you jump on a platform, kill some enemies, a new one comes along and you kill him. It's really and there's some fetch things and. There's, it changes it up as well. Like it does, like a shmup game with a ship. Now, like once in a while, mm. it'll do a 2D platformer, like with this weird. It really feels like they just they just crammed everything in. To try is and it make... fun? At first, it is, but then, uh. it, like, like it drags. It just drags. There's no pace to it at all. It's just like let's make this game as long as mm. possible. And they didn't think about the player would get bored here. We have to put something here or put something here. They just did what they want and didn't really think about uh, what the player would... Like, if the player would be fed up of jumping on a vent and going to this platform. There's some interesting stuff going on. Like, you you know, you shrink yourself and you can see these platforms. You you have, like, kind of interesting weapons. But these things don't come very often, you know. You get a new weapon. And I think I've just got the last one. So Uh, what what about the story, though? Is the story enough to keep captivated? The the story is... um, so, like, ten years ago, Alice kind of, uh, her, her family was murdered, right? 
and in a in a house fire, and she escapes, and she blames herself, and she went to a mental hospital, and that was where she was in the first game, and then ten years later, she's still dealing with this. Except, like she can't accept that she she didn't kill her family, you know, like it, she thinks it was her fault. And basically, what you're playing, I mean, you are in real, um, like you know, like real life at the start. You know, it's just normal, the normal world. Uh, and you come and you keep coming in and out of it. And what you're essentially playing, even though it never tells you, is uh, Alex's dream. You know, you you play, uh, you you're trying to like you're in Alex's mind, and you're trying to uncover um, what really happened with your parents. And as you go through it, you kind of get little hints of like, oh, the cat knocked over the lamp that caused the fire, and the cat kind of um, taunts you through the game. And there are like nice things like that, but the, the the story's a little bit all over the place, and they don't they don't look. There's certain characters that come in. I don't know a lot about Alice in Wonderland, and there's certain characters that come in, and it, it's a game that expects you to know who every character is, and I don't know them. What you yeah. mean? You, you, what you've never read Alice in Wonderland as a kid? I never, I never read it. Um, it's a good book. It's it is a good book. Yeah. I, I do, it's not that I don't want to. I, I, I but like. Funny enough, like my, but the game shouldn't like, expect you to do it. It, it does. It, it expects you to play the first one. It expects you to know what Alice in Wonderland and all the kind of uh, you know mystical things that go on in the characters. Yeah. And I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and, and it's just it's just too long, and it's just so it just drags on. The graphics are really inconsistent as well. So sometimes they're really cool, and sometimes they're, they're just. They cut corners and some textures look horrible, you know. And you think, oh, this texture is going to pop in in a bit, and it never does. And you think, oh, uh, it's just like that. Um, well, like so, when you go from the real world to the dream world, right? This does sound like the Matrix now. Yeah. When you yep. go from the real world from the dream world, the, my problem is, is like the dream world. It's very freaky and dreamy and stuff. But the real world is just as odd. You know, the characters, the people in the real world have really weird faces. It's just the art design, you know, the stylized mm. faces. Well, to be fair, right, I mean, even the real Alice in Wonderland is a crazy story. You know, yeah, Lewis know. Carroll was high on opium when he wrote that thing. Yeah, I know, whatever, but like... What I thought I'm I saying, heard that was a rumour. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. Well, have you, have you read Alice Through the Looking Glass? That's so difficult. I'm not saying it's not weird, but I don't know that I... Whatever, go ahead. Yeah, Anyway, the, the real odd. world is still very weird. Right, yeah, and like I think comparing this to something like Portal, right, where the in Portal there are so many moments where you go, "Holy shit, what the fuck is this?" Right, yeah, and you don't with with Alice in Wonderland. I kind of want that moment. You're kind of like, "What is this?" And you never get it, and I can't quite work out why. And I think it, the reason why is because the the normal world is still quite weird. People look weird, they act weird, and weird things are going on. It's not very relatable. So. When you go into the weird world, and you're you're there for you know too long, this, the, like you know, look, there's characters with no arms and legs and ripping their own faces off, but it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't shock you or anything. It just kind of like you know the next part of the the mission. It doesn't really like make you go, oh crap, like this is messed up. And I really, like, I think, an Alex in Wonderland that game that did that that made you think, whoa, this is weird and 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 trippy. Um, would be a cool game, but it just doesn't do it, and I can't quite work out why it doesn't do it. But it should do by all accounts because it sounds like the weirdest, trippiest game you've ever played. It is, but it, look, as soon as you know, 
look, it's a platform, all right. So like you fall like all the time, and it's it, the platforming isn't that great, and you know you jump and you have to float, and it's hard to judge where you land on a platform. So you think if you jump one more time, because you can like triple jump, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you think if I jump one more time, I'll land on the platform, and you overshoot the platform. So does it need three D so you can tell? No, hell no. <laughs> it, it just need, I think it just needs tuning. It, it like the 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 platforming just doesn't feel quite right, you know. It doesn't feel. Yeah, I mean, a lot of three D platformers seem to get that bit wrong. You they're know, tough. It is. they're yeah. really tough. I mean, even yeah. the best like Mario, uh, just about gets away with it. You know, Mario sixty four just about gets away with mm. fine tuning platforming. But they're they're Nintendo. You know, they're masters of, of their own craft. But, and and to be fair, they just make the same game every year with a few tweaks. I know, but they make it great, you know. So you yeah. forgive them. And a three D platformers are tough; they're really tough. And with a lot of the levels in Alice in Wonderland, as if you drop, it's an infinite drop. That's it; it's your death. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, there's no like bottom or work your way all the way up to the top. You know, the 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 the, the enemies are quite boring. And same. what are the checkpoints like? Are they mean? Already uh, there's, well there was faced. one that took me back quite a, a way back, um, but for the most part they're okay. I mean, like the weapons. Depends. You got a pepper grinder, so that's kind of like your machine gun. Uh, you got like a kettle, which is kind of like a grenade launcher. You got a knife, which is you know a knife. Uh, you got a horse, which is kind of like your Y button super slam weapon. You know your heavy weapon. Uh, what else have you got? You got an umbrella to block stuff. And you, you, like, you know in Bayonetta, Stu, where you dodge if you press R. R yeah, yeah. You've got that. You turn into butterflies and you dodge. So they've, they've kind of nicked that mechanic from Bayonetta. Uh, and it's just it's just pretty dull. I mean, it starts off with its best foot forward and then just goes down really slowly and you just kind of think, ugh. And I'm, I'm really flying through it now. I'm playing the game and I'm just going as fast as I can for it. Yeah. I think what's interesting, like, describing it, it sounds really sort of interesting and weird yeah but then you're saying on the flip side it's dull you know it's i dull. mean yeah yeah i mean like the, the, there are some cut scenes and there are some things that you go oh that's cool that's interesting but like there's so much like fat in the middle and there's so there's i, I think if if you Stu, or duke played it you would get really frustrated with the platforming like that's the number one what you are doing when you're moving alice most of the time is jumping from platform to platform and that's frustrating all the other stuff is okay, but like that that's really frustrating. It makes the game dull and frustrating. So I think if you like Alice in Wonderland, give it a rent. But like if you don't really like Alice in, or you don't like platformers, just avoid it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. According to the sources that I have located, there is very, 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 very little evidence to suggest that Lewis Carroll, a.k.a. Charles Lutwidge Dodgson, uh, used opium or was influenced in any sense by opium when writing Alice's Adventures Through the Looking Glass or Alice's Adventures Come on, Land. you've read those books. He was definitely on something. However, he was high as a kite. <laughs> however... Uh, he was unusually interested in little girls. You know, apparently he was very shy and weird in general, and he didn't have much luck interacting with adults overall, uh, and he could only relax and have fun with girls. Uh-oh. They were amused by his stories and games. And obviously he was a good storyteller, right? Yeah, it sounds a bit worrying, though. If you ask it's me. a little worrying, yeah. Yeah, and he did write so the weirdest the, that's stories. That's the real ever. concern about Lewis Carroll, not so much well, drug issues. What we can be certain of is 
The person who wrote Teletubbies was on Arpia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that. What the hell were them things yeah. saying anyway? Uh, <laughs> Hurt everyone! <laughs> Kill your mum and dad! Uh, uh, so, Jew, what have you been up to then? Because I've been, you played I've been the insanely, I mean, we've talked about that. So, Jew, what have you I've been doing? i about that already. Yeah, but before but... we get to that, i got a couple of things I need to say about non-actual games. Actually, I'm with you on the first one. I want to say something about this as well, so you go ahead and I'll chip okay, in. Okay, I'll go ahead. I was playing Fallout New Vegas recently, as you know, and I thought, okay, I want to play again through it, and we'll see if anybody, if they, if they do the, the DLC as Deal of the Week, then I'll get them, but... I'm just going to probably just go ahead and get them. So I was waiting to see what the deal of the week this week was. And I look over, and last week it was... I don't remember what it was last week, but it was something dumb. I think it was GTA, wasn't it? Or something. I don't know. Anyway, this week, I was like, it'll probably be something I'm more interested in this week. This week, the deal of the week is resetting your gamer tag. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Really? Come on. Really? Yeah, I'm setting your gamer Well, tag? it's already peed me off to a certain extent because go. I've already seen two names that I do not recognize off my friends list, and I have no idea who those people <laughs> I guess are it's anymore. Working. That's just, it strikes me as so well, ludicrous. I'm just like, why? What? It, it pisses me off enough, right, when someone changes their gamer tag and I have no idea who they are anymore because I'm like, well, who's that now? Who is that? But when they actually... Just send them a message. Who are you? Yeah. But when they're encouraging people to change the names... <laughs> Here you go. What, are you bored with your game That's not a deal. First of all, it offends me because I spend at least two hours. Anytime I choose a gamer tag or a name or an online username, I'm putting some thought into that name. So I'm not the type of person... I just want to be this person now. No. I've spent a long time figuring out who I am and developing my persona. I'm not just going to switch that because... They say I can do it for cheap. Get bent, Microsoft. And another thing that makes me mad about Microsoft <laughs> is this. I bought a controller once upon a time. Two of them, in fact, for my Xbox 360. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. They're lovely. Right. They're, 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 they're this sort of uh, pale color, a little ivory action going on there. Got a little uh, keyboard you plug in right in there. Looks awesome. Goes with it. Battery pack. Plug it in the back. There you go. It looks like a unit. My controller wears out, yeah? So I have to go and get a new controller. Well, what colors do they have for new controllers? The color that I've been using? No. What color do they have, Chad Warden? Black. (laughs) I don't want a black controller because I'm a white supremacist when it comes to controller colors. No, I'm not. But the point is I now have this Franken controller or Frank controller, as you might call it, uh, that's made up of all these weird parts and you get the black battery pack (laughs) because apparently you can't buy white battery packs anymore. So you got that slapped into a white controller and then there's a black controller with a white keyboard and it's all crazy and stupid looking. Come on. So can you not? Can you really not get the original white controllers anymore? I you can, you, you can, but like they're not as widely sold mm. as because I've had, I've done exactly the same thing, Dick. I bought a new controller and they, I could only get a black one. And what I have in my setup is everything like white is Xbox related and everything black yeah. is PlayStation related. That's why I thought it made sense. And, and I, I quite like that now. But now I'm looking at my black Xbox controller and it's sitting next to my PlayStation one, and they they're getting on. <laughs> 
And I don't like it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, hey, 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 let's not have any hanky-panky over there. Yeah. I'm just, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter, but I think it's a little ridiculous. Stop that... whining about minor aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. say, Duke, it's a controller. It works. Duke. Stuart, please Duke. stop whining about minor aesthetic details. Yeah, I know. So anyway, whatever. Um, Black Ops. We had a Black Ops play date. That was a lot of fun. Cheers to everybody who showed up. Full list at the end of the show when we do shout outs. Ow! Honky Patrol. Um, can I, can I just do a pre shout out to Master Zulu who uh, tried to join the game but he said all our you know all our friends lists were full so he couldn't get oh, in. No. So I did I tell him. A, I sent him a tweet saying just send us a message. Yeah, and I sent him one saying just send a you know a friend request to Veteran Gamers UK and I will approach. Oh, an excuse, dude. For next time, so yeah, no, he could have sent a message. Yeah, for sure. He Sorry, could. dude. We'll get you in. Yeah. We'll get you in. Thanks for trying. Anyway, that was fun. We had a good time with that. Um, talked about Shadow Planet. So that leaves me with Fallout New Vegas. Oh, I bet you love the DLC for this because you love that game. Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. First of all, going through the game itself first, I have a few things I got to say about that real quick. First of Uh-oh. all, I think there's a character. Okay, you remember in Fallout 3 where there's that perk where you can have the mysterious stranger show up and, it, and then he <laughs> shoots people? Yeah. I think his son is in Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> it's really weird. You meet this guy, and he's like just wandering around. He's got a guitar with him, and he's like telling you his story. And it's like, my dad would just take off for sometimes, leaving my mom and me alone and all this. And then you convince him to go. Sorry, hang on a second. Spoilers, people. Warning. 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 So you convince him to go perform as a guitar player at this musician at this casino. And he's like, all right, I guess I don't need this anymore. And he gives you a gun. And every time you pull this special mysterious handgun out, it starts playing that music. It's really kind of bizarre. Wow, that does sound weird. I thought that's kind of a cool integration of the two games. Um, Yeah. Okay. There's a perk on both Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas called the Explorer perk, where every... What are you laughing at? I know what you're going to say. What? Carry on. Come on, carry on. No, if you're so smart, you know what I'm going to say. No. You can't possibly know what I'm going to say. I really don't think you do. Go on, then. Well, I'll tell you what, right? If 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 you're right, you need to just tell him that you were right, and then we'll believe you. We'll trust you. Yeah, we'll trust you. you All right, whatever. There's... What? No, I'm say it. Say, is is this the one about the the um, random stuff? No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I, there still hasn't been anything wacky wasteland oh. happening to me. Sorry, oh, he's no. gonna have some random. Some no, wacky had happened. I still haven't had anything. Last week, you really wasted a perk. I feel so mad. Although you haven't got a gun that plays a tune now, that's quite wacky. To be fair, but that was in, that's that's in the game anyway. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah, how do you know that? Last week, well, it's part of a quest, so I think it's in the game anyway. You was Whatever. Here's you was the morning. <laughs> you was morning. Right, that you didn't have anything random, and I thought this week it wouldn't be funny if like an elephant landed on. <laughs> Why is an elephant falling on me? This is a glitch. Anyway, no. Here's the thing. There's a perk called Explorer, and when you take it, it shows you every location on the map. Yep. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yep. However. It would be even cooler if there were another perk, or instead of the Explorer, in addition to that, what you got was every quest got highlighted on your map, so that you know where to go for every quest you can go to. That would be really cool. Because there's a lot of places, especially in New Vegas, that are just there. Like, there's nothing to do in them. And it's like, 
blocked roadway. You found blocked roadway. And I'm like, all right, I'm at the blocked roadway. Now what? So and not even just, like a dungeon to explore or, no, or anything? No, it's yeah. just blocked roadway. Oh, oh nice. sorry. Canyon Wreckage is the name of it. You've discovered Canyon Wreckage. And that's it. There's nothing. Is like, there an what? achievement for finding every location in the game, I would imagine? Is I don't know. I can't be bothered. Yeah, to it probably is. Out. Probably Come is. on. Come on. All right. Anyway. Um, so whatever. Uh, that would be great if you could start every mission. And then there's something else that I noticed about Fallout that really pissed me off. And this is about internal coherence. You have the lockpick skill, among other skills. You got medicine and science you, and all that stuff. The king okay. of unlocking. The king of unlocking. I've become the king of unlocking. I have a 100 lockpick skill. Okay? So that means there should be no lock I can't master, right? And what is the purpose of lockpicking? It's to go to a door that is locked, usually opened by a key, and use my lockpicking skills to open that sucker up, right? right. Yeah. But every yep. time I turn a corner in Fallout, there's some door that says this door requires a key to open. It cannot be picked. What oh, is that? About? That's annoying, isn't it? Why you, am I what you need, skills? what you need, is the unbreakable lockpick from Oblivion. <laughs> I do need that, that thing was I'm brilliant. <laughs> so I just thought it was ridiculous. It's like, what the hell? Come on, man. Come on. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, that's not the most important thing I've come here to say about video games. The most important thing I have to say about video games this week has to do with DLC. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start with Honest Hearts because that's the one I'm playing right now. It's fun. It's, it's, it's cool. You start off a um, little bit of a spoiler. Sorry, people. Hang on. Warning! 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 Um, you start off on this expedition into Zion National Park and your whole team gets wiped out and killed and suddenly you're on your own and you get sort of taken in with this tribe and it's sort of Native American style stuff. Um, but it's cool. I like it. I'm having fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's a good well, – I realize that what it does what, – what a good DLC does, I think, is that it extends the basic nature of the game while giving you some new stuff as well. So that's, that's why I think Honest Hearts is an example of good DLC. And all the other DLC from Fallout 3, that was good in that same sense. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Okay. Then there's Dead Money. Uh-oh. I have to say that Christopher Matthew, CPM from the Overseas Connection, I, I really owe him a debt of thanks because he tried. He really did try to warn me. However, I was convinced that I was going to love all – I mean, it's Fallout. What's, how could you not more love Fallout? Fallout? It's more right. Look, it's even, Fallout. even I told you you wouldn't like it, and I don't know. listen to you. So exactly. CPM <laughs> tried to warn me, but as soon as he started talking about it, I skipped ahead on the Overseas Connection. Because I didn't want to know anything about it. I want to go in with, with, without any foreknowledge. But let me tell you something, people. I'm here to give you some foreknowledge about dead money. Because that is the worst DLC ever released for any game ever. I don't want to hear about Oblivion and the horse armor. Yes, that was stupid. But it's not as bad as this. This is a piece of shit uh, DLC. Piece of shit. And nobody should ever go anywhere near it. I'm sorry, people, because I'm about to spoil the hell out of it. So, <clears throat> If you don't want to hear about dead money, then don't listen to this. Skip ahead five minutes because I got some things I need to say about it, okay? The reason that Fear 2 and even Fear 3 are fun games and the reason why I decided I'm not going to play Amnesia anymore is because the best way to do a scary game is to make me scared but also powerful because that's the ultimate win scenario because then I'll be scared but then I'll realize, oh, wait, it's okay that there's monsters out there because I have a way of dealing with them, okay? This game, Dead Money, does none of that. 
You start off, and suddenly it's very Saw-esque. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you guys not want spoilers? Because I, I don't give a I shit. Don't care. I don't okay, care. fine. So it's sort of Saw-esque because you you go to find the Sierra Madre Casino, and there's all this. You're gonna find your treasure of a lifetime, and blah, blah. and so you go there, and blah, blah. and then suddenly you get you pass out. All your companions are gone, and you've got this collar around your neck. Okay, Uh-oh. right. So the collar around your neck. Uh, the, there's yeah. a hologram that comes up, and there's this old man. And he, eh, you've got a color. You have to find these other people, okay? Yeah. And and from time to time, while you're walking around, the collar will start beeping. <laughs> what would you do? Suddenly, your collar starts beeping. You think shit? My head's gonna blow off. Right. And then what do you do? Try and figure out how Go to back. stop it. Go, Go back. Change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go back. You're getting near a speaker. You feel like, that... yeah, you feel like you're really reaching a border or something, and you exactly. Right. So there are these speakers throughout the whole thing. We're talking about a two- or three-hour DLC here. Every five or ten minutes, you come across a speaker that, anytime you get anywhere near it, beep, 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 And then your head explodes. But do you not just destroy the speakers? Well, eventually you can do that, but when you show up in this place, you have no weapons. Oh, Nothing. Uh, no stim packs. No weapons. No clothing. No armor. Nothing. And you have to deal with these stupid beeping speakers. And most of the time, it's really hard to figure out where they are. So your best bet is just to run through the area. Sounds annoying, doesn't it? Very. But wait, there's more because <laughs> there's also this weird toxic poison cloud, and you can't do anything about it. You get near it, and it just comes up and says you are being poisoned by a toxic cloud. And what can you do? What would you do if you were being poisoned by a toxic cloud? Run away. I swear to God, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. These two different things at the same time you have no way to do it other than run. So, yes. The beeping, the toxic cloud sounds annoying, doesn't it? But wait, there's more. There's these shadow monsters that jump out of nowhere. And at first, they're not a big deal. The first ones that showed up, I was like, oh, my God, what is that? And then I realized, wait a minute, I can punch him to death in like two hits. Piece of cake. What's the problem? And then I kill the guy and I get his um, spear. And and then the voice, the hologram dude comes back and goes, he's just unconscious. You better make sure he's really dead. I'm like, what? So then I get the spear out of him, and I stab him, with, and he explodes. So then I'm like, oh, great. So now it's not enough that you put these people down. Now you have to go over to them and stab them. And as soon as you go over to where they fell, well, oh, you're being poisoned by a toxic cloud. Oh, God, I guess I better get away from this toxic cloud. Beep, 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 so how many times did you die? But wait, it gets worse. Worse? Because in addition to all of that, let's say you're, you're attacked by this dude. Okay, let's say you see a shadow dude. They answer your question, Stu, at least 200 times. I'm not lying. Jesus. And, and, and that's by design. It literally is by design that you have to do it like that. And, and at one point, uh, I, I had this problem with Fallout where occasionally when it was reloading an earlier save, it would just load and load and load, and the little roulette wheel just kept spinning. And I went online, and I'm like, what is this now? And I'm already in a great state of mind, right? Uh, and, and, and it said, oh, if that happens, you should reset your system cache. You know what I mean? Clear the cache on your oh, hard drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that, and I fixed it. Thank God. Right. So, okay, here's the thing. Let's imagine now that, and, and you know, this is all in the space of like 15 minutes of playing this. 
that I'm discovering all of this so stuff. So that's within okay. the first 15 minutes of playing the DLC. Yes. Jeez. I know. So, but here's the thing. Okay, so you see one of these monsters, Sorry, okay? Sorry, Demon Souls or Fallout New Vegas? <laughs> no, sounds like it. I know, right? Um... So and you and no stim packs. Don't forget no stim packs. Occasionally, from time to time, you you don't have any caps either. So even if you were to find a store, you can't buy anything, and there are no stores, so it's a moot point. But there are these Sierra Madre caps scattered around. Well, if you collect twenty of them, you can buy one box of like sugar bombs or whatever it is. You know, a piece of food. But right. don't, don't forget, in Fallout New Vegas, food doesn't heal you instantly. It heals over time. So you have to sit there and wait for the food to heal you again. And stim packs are like twice as expensive. So it's just like, oh, come on. So, okay, you, you see one of these monsters and you're like, oh, I better kill him. So you go over and you kill him and you get his spear. Okay, good. You see another one of the monsters like, oh, sweet, I'll just take care. Oh, my God, he's throwing a gas bomb at me. Suddenly you're on fire. Ah, I'm on fire. I better kill this dude before he throws another gas bomb at me. You are being poisoned by a toxic cloud. No. Ah, I better go around to get him to the other way. Beep, 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 beep. Ah, no. I got to get over to him. I'm almost out of health. Bear trap on the ground. There's a bear trap on the ground. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So now brilliant. I'm limping. My legs are all screwed up. And I'm being poisoned by a toxic cloud. I get over to the dude. I kill the dude with a gas cloud, or the gas bomb, rather. And he falls into the gas cloud. I have to go over and stab him and then get out of the gas cloud. I barely have enough health to keep going. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, God, no. But wait, it gets worse. What? <laughs> How could he possibly? <laughs> Later in the game, in addition to the gas cloud and the bear trap on the ground and the beep, 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 and the monsters and the shadow beasts, there are also these hologram guards. You can't kill them. You can't kill them. You see them. They, and, and I, it was stupid me, it took me about three times before I remembered, oh yeah, I got my Pip-Boy light on. Maybe if I turn that off, I'd have better luck eluding these hologram guards. Hey, look at that, it helps. Um, but as soon as they notice you, they're just like, nah, and they start firing laser beams at you and you die. But to be fair, right, you are not the best stealth game. I am not player, the right? best stealth person in the world. And I certainly have not been putting experience points into my stealth. I've been mastering lockpicking so that I can keep running into rooms where it says <laughs> you not, need to keep... Not lock- when that lockpicking DLC comes, you're going to nail it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be nailing that. <laughs> Most awesome. You'd think Sierra Madre, it's a big treasure chest, right? No. Anyway, um, so these hologram guards are so annoying. And again, there are emitters that you can disable or shoot, but they're really hard to find. And most of the time, it makes more sense to just try to run past them, which is what I did eventually. So did you get to the end of the DLC? I did. I finished it. Oh, you did The finish epilogue, it. the whole thing. That's the thing is I kept thinking, like, okay, first of all, there's three characters you meet, and they're kind of interesting. I'll give it up in that sense. Those three characters are pretty interesting. There is one sort of hidden storyline that you can read through, like, messages left on different computer terminals. That's kind of interesting. I'll give that up. It's all right. But the main story is just stupid. You keep waiting at the end of it to be like, oh, there's going to be some decent, you know, explanation. No, the dude shows up and he's like, ah, now you, ah, and you kill him and then you leave. And how do you leave? First of all, sorry, again, major spoilers. This is huge spoilers. Yeah. But again, it's good because people shouldn't play this because it's not worth it. <laughs> the, the, the final room you're in is the vault of the Sierra Madre. Like, how cool is that? And there's a lot of stuff in there. Like, well, there's not a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of pre-war money. Okay, pointless. But there's a lot of gold bars as well. 
awesome. Guess what you can't carry a lot of? Gold bars. Gold bars. <laughs> Especially when, as soon as you kill the last dude, beep, 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 beep. You better get out before uh, the, your neck explodes. Oh, watch out for the holograms. Oh, you're being poisoned by a toxic cloud. Watch out for the bear trap. And you got to get out before your head explodes. And so that means you can't be over encumbered. And so you've got your two or three gold bars and that's it. Now, fortunately, selling one of those gold bars gets you like 8,000 caps. So it's a pretty sweet. I mean, you end up with some money at the end of this. I'm not going to lie. But it's not worth it. Like, it's not fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun at all. It so, really. Fallout New Vegas DLC Dead Money is the DLC that constantly kicks you in the balls. Yeah, totally. And then like, and then kicks you up the butt, and then smacks you in the eye, and then starts beeping at you. I think Surface Lizard would love that. I've gotta say, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, totally up his street. Damn son. <laughs> so yeah, it's not. And here's the thing: some of the characters that you're with. Um, will like for instance the first guy you meet he will help you to avoid traps when you're with him you won't get caught in bear traps and stuff because it gives you a perk that avoids that the woman that you walk around with um, she has this noise interference thing that stops the beeping for a little while and then the other dude will help you with the toxic cloud for a few seconds so I mean you know it, it sort of comes and goes with how annoying it all is but at, you know at a lot of points in it I was just like am I really going to keep trying this and there was one point where I was like I had literally like three bars of health left, no stim packs. You can't sleep because there's the toxic cloud everywhere, and it's like you can't sleep in this location. So I was like, if I can get to that gate, I'll be all right. And I think I can get to it, and I did. And then you finally get inside the actual casino, and then it kind of changes because you can gamble the chips you found, which means you can buy a whole lot of stim packs, which changes the whole game, which is good. It doesn't take care of the beep, 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 but it does make it less stressful. Yeah, so it, even though it's really punishing at the beginning, it does get sort of easier it, as you go through the deal. No, no, because the punishment about the hologram, the, the stim packs don't help with the hologram dudes, and they really don't help with the beeping. They help with the toxic cloud, but they don't, and they help with the traps, but it's still, it's just, there's so much there. And, and, you know, I was thinking about the pit from Fallout 3. That was an example of an awesome DLC because, again, it extended the basic idea. But, and it took away all your stuff at the beginning. And you had parts at the beginning of the pit that were very sort of punishing. You had to go into this yard with all these weird monsters and collect these steel bars and stuff. And you had nothing with you and you had to use melee attacks and stuff. But then, at a certain point, they're like, here's all your stuff back. And you're like, yes, I'm okay now. So I think that's the thing that this – and at this, it, not until you leave the area and at that point they say you can never come back. Only then do you get your stuff back. And it's like, that's dumb. I'm sorry. I don't like that. Ah, ah. There, you go. there you go. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Oof. Dead money. Jeez. I've been saving that up for days, man. I can tell. <sighs> I can tell. Do you feel better now, dude? Yeah, you I do. Off. Yeah. Uh, if I can help one person not play that, it'll be worth it. So. You've helped me not play it. Yeah, you've uh, helped me not play it. Talent. Uh, but I think you need a bit of time to calm down. <laughs> Regather yes. your thoughts. Regather your thoughts. Breathe in and out and into a paper bag. You know. I don't remember how to breathe. Um, so yeah, let's let's have Vlados see what she's got for us uh, this week, and then when we come back, we'll have a chatter about the indie pick for this week. So let's uh, do that. Indie game review review. Good evening, dorks and dorkets. 
Vlados here with a shiny new indie game review for your dork butt selves. Stu is totally hot for Magico Gaming, makers of Platformance Castle Pain and Platformance Boob Temple Death. So this week we're reviewing yet another game from them. What a bunch of dorks. This one is called, Who is God? And it poses an age-old metaphysical question about the nature of divine existence and theological faith. And by, poses an age-old metaphysical question, I mean, a vertical jumping platformer. Boing, boing, boing. Up, up, up you go. Bouncy bounce. Just like St. Thomas Aquinas in his text from 1265, Summa Theologica. The graphics are cute and fun. The sound is cute and simple. The gameplay is simple and cute. If you like moving up and bouncing around while dressed up like one of four images of divine creatures, this is the game for you. 80 points. Now piss off. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I love Vladoshi's ace. <laughs> now piss off. Oh my god. Yeah. Um yeah, so who who is God then? Who is God? <laughs> who is it? You choose. Which which uh, divine person are you going to play as is the question, I guess. So Duke there, there was like the Kind of the god with the white hair and the beard. Well, that was God. Christian that, God. That was God God. The Christian God. From, from Christianity. Buddha. From Christianity, There's Buddha, yeah. there's Ganesha, the Hindu god of... What was the other one? The... And then there's an alien... That was Scientology. Oh, was it? I don't believe that's yeah. the god of Scientology. Well, that's L. Ron Hubbard is the god of Scientology. I think that's what it's... It's the flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, so that's a Scientology god, apparently. Um. So, what did you think? What did you think, Duke? Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, you know, it was cute. It's a vertical platformer, just like uh, Vlada said. And it was all right. Like, you know, like she said, the graphics are cute. The sounds are all right. But the gameplay really didn't impress me much at all. And I got bored with it after like 20 seconds. Huh, interesting. Oh, sorry. Wow, is- I mean, maybe I didn't stick with it long enough to figure out different things you could do. I, you know, I know you can boost yourself with the A button, but... That didn't really provide me with enough interest to keep going. So I don't know. Was there any difference between? Yeah, all the massively. Styles? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite surprised at that. Um, I found it totally addictive. I played it uh, probably three or four times through the through the demo uh, just to see how high I could get. And uh, the music's great. I love the music track on it. I thought it was really good, nice and techno and flashy lights and all that stuff. So that's totally up my street. Um, the higher you get up everything starts to change when you get up to about it's about uh, 5000 kilometers i guess 6000 kilometers you start to get purple blocks that disappear as you hit them so that obviously changes it up a bit and you can't go back down again from them uh, g- 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 game changer and then as you get further up they start they start to move so you get moving platforms and so it, it the higher you get the the more difficult it becomes and the more challenging it is uh, and basically, it has online leaderboards. So when you've got like a, a distance, it will show you your friend's height that they've got to and things of that nature. So it definitely does that one more go to beat your friend and stuff of that nature, which is really quite cool, I've got to say. Um, but yeah, I, I again, again, I'll have to be really brutally honest. I would have bought it had I had some points because I was really impressed. And I've, like I say, played through the demo about four or five times because I've, I've enjoyed it so much. Uh, I just think it's a really cool little game. That it's just Doodle Jump. That's all it is. Have you ever played Doodle Jump? Yeah, yes. maybe. That's what I was going to say. But you carry on. 
Yeah, it's pretty much Doodle Jump, but with gods. That's pretty much it. But it's, it's really well done. I like the music and I like everything else about it. It's a nice little throwaway game if you want to. But this, this could be one of those stupid games that you could play for five or ten minutes, but you could end up playing it for an hour because you just keep on trying to beat your last highest distance you got to. So I think you could definitely suck you in and you just keep on going. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Chinny? Uh, it's Doodle Jump. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem with that is Doodle Jump is a great game on the iPhone. That's it. <laughs> is that it? It's, it, it because, yeah. Yeah, it's a great game on the iPhone because you play it and you do it and you compare and you go, oh, very far as you go, oh, I don't know, but I've got to catch the bus now because uh, I've got stuff to do. It's not a game that I will play sitting down with a controller in my hand. It, it, I think it could be if it was yeah. a bit of it. You wanted to waste a few minutes, you know, because you yeah. had, and you didn't want well, to when, play a proper game. I don't know what to, yeah. I don't know what you've got to do with your time, but when I'm sitting down to play a game, yeah, I'm not playing Doodle Jump. I'm playing. Like a game that I'll, you know, that's. But again, I mean, it is is similar to last week. It, this would be a really great game on Android or on iPhone, wouldn't it? You well, know, it's, it's, it's already on there, you know. Like it's 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 a copy of Doodle Jump. It is, it is, but it's a different aesthetics, different music, and all that sort. So it's yeah, it's changed it up a little bit. But yeah, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, another little great game for you know Millie. Millie well, liked it again. It's a Millie words. game. Listeners, that that's Stu- that's that was Stuart's words. Listeners. Another little great game. I say a copy of Doodle Jump. It is. It is. Good, yeah. good one. Good one for the kids. Kids like this. Oh, yeah. 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 There you go. Step two. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, middle of the show. Middle of the show. Middle of the show. Middle of the show. Yeah, I I just um, thought we... Games you're most excited for. Driver San Francisco. Sorry, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. Uh, When's that come out? Next- Deus Ex. Oh, it comes out. Never mind Deus Ex. When's Driver come out? No idea. August. August. Yeah, is it? Is it August? Really? It is. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Anyway. No, I'm doubting myself then. I was going to say, I didn't think it was September. Um, I could be wrong now. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, regardless of that. Soon. (laughs) September 6th. Yeah, there you go. I thought it was somewhere around the beginning of September. Anyway. I thought we'd, we'd talk some little bits of news and then... We've got sort of four or five sort of Bethesda stories stuff to cover. So I thought we'd do a bit of a... It's almost like a Bethesda special. Do you want me to do a theme song? Yeah, you should do. Yeah, go. All right, here we go. Bethesda, it's Bethesda. Bethesda talk on veteran gamers. There you go. Thank you very much for that. But um, first things first, I think bethesda and quite a few other publishers game developers are getting a little bit too big for the boots in my opinion i think they're getting a bit too sort of full of themselves why Stuart? why because and we hope with this because we're always going they're the most amazing people ever skyrim's gonna be the most awesome game of all time yeah we have, we and we have said that and we will cover some of that because i've seen some interesting stuff about skyrim this i've week. not said that uh but yeah uh, dumb basically the the creator of minecraft uh He's making a new game. He's making a new game. So he doesn't just do Minecraft, he does other stuff as well. Yeah, see, impressed. Mojang are making a new game called Scrolls. Called Scrolls. And when, yeah, when he went to register this name, Scrolls, for his game, uh, the lawyers from Bethesda sent him a letter saying, actually, you're not allowed to do that because it's part of our sort of intellectual property, The Elder Scrolls. Jeez. <gasps> uh, yeah. So basically, he, he's not allowed to use it, and they're gonna. They've said if he tries to, they're gonna sue him 
if he if he tries to. So they've told him he has to change the name of his game. Uh, so what do you? I mean, could you? Could would you? Could, a game called Scrolls with Skyrim, would, because that's basically what they've told him the reason is, because uh, people may get confused as to which is Skyrim and which is a. <laughs> I think card, I remember seeing the word Scrolls in the title there somewhere. Hard trading game called Scrolls. <laughs> you may get me. You may buy it by mistake, thinking you're getting Skyrim, even though it's exactly. probably only going to cost about ten dollars, downloadable presumably. So yeah, I mean, what I mean, should should these sort of developers be able to? You know, tell people that they can't use a single word as the game title. You know, it, 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 are they going to sue someone for using the word "the" in in other games? Then, you know, um, I, I, I know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I think that what they should, if you're saying this is a card trading game, right? It is. What what Notchy's making? Yep. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but it's Magic the Gathering. So Magic the Gathering people should be suing him, right? And then we we talked about what is an IP. And, you know, I, I just think they want a bit of his money or a bit of his success. I don't know. But, you know, that guy's made a lot of money and it doesn't matter what he calls his next game. He could call it Dick Farts, right? And people will buy it because he's the guy who made I think that might help his marketing. <laughs> yeah. But he's the guy who made Minecraft. So people are going to kind of look at whatever he's doing. He's got the PC uh, market now. Like, people love him. So it doesn't really matter. I don't think people are going to... Uh, more people are going to buy this because it's called Scrolls and it reminds them of the, of the Elder Scrolls. I think they're just kind of being arsey about it and just going, oh, we... we. Well, I mean, I mean, as you know, I... I you Magic know, should sue him. Yeah, I mean, we know it's Elder Scrolls, but I would call it Oblivion, I would call it Skyrim, Morrowind. I would never have called it... Uh, you know, I know it's an Elder Scrolls game, but what are, what even are the Elder Scrolls, anyway? I mean, have you ever... You don't remember that in Oblivion when you go to see the actual Elder Scrolls? No. Hello? Do we? Yeah, really? They are a real thing. I mean, are you sure? But it's just it's run it's runaway uh, legal team stuff where they're like, oh, anything that has anything to do with scrolls is now ours. It's like when Disney goes and they take the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which has been a public domain story for hundreds of years, and then they go, this is ours. No one else can touch it, and yeah. they'll sue people if they go anywhere near it. It's ridiculous. All right, what about okay? Let's but let's do a different thing. What about uh, God of War and Gears of War then? Because they're very similar sounding. So should the God of War developers sued Epic for calling their game Gears of War? No, of course not. And even when you abbreviate it, it's G O W for both. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, should 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 that have happened? Because that well, that's even worse in a way, isn't it? Because it almost sounds similar as well. I know, but I think it just it's just a case of like they both know God of War and Gears of War guys know that it it would be silly because Well they just wouldn't care, would they? They no. just like uh, whatever. And this is I think this doesn't you know, paint Bethesda in a good light at all. It makes them look stupid. It's just like uh-huh. why why would you I mean it's a bit of a PR disaster, isn't it? it makes you know it look desperate. It yeah. really does. As if it as if this as if him releasing a game called Scrolls is going to affect Anything to do with Skyrim sales or anything to do with Skyrim for that matter. Mm. I just think it's just the weirdest thing ever. No one would have related the two at all. No, not unless they'd drawn attention to it like they have them. But even then, there's no relationship really apart from one word. It's just very odd. Uh, So that's happened this week. So well done for that, uh, Bethesda. But that's not the only controversy that's happened in the last week or so. Uh, Because Bethesda are also saying that uh, games are too expensive. 
Uh, you know, Todd Howard says, uh, you know, come out and said games are too expensive and they should cost $19 is what they should do. He said they would uh, benefit from a $19 price point for games, which, look, we can't argue. We'd be happy, wouldn't you? Would you be a happy Duke if you only paid $19 for a new game? I guess. What do you mean you guess? You've got lovers, you buy all your games second hand. They'll be like, well, that's heaven. the thing is, I already pay $19 for my Will you be games? able to buy them new for the same price? Surely Who cares? Why does that matter? Uh, yeah, and, and maybe he said stretch, stretch to a twenty nine dollar. You know, if it's if it's a bit. Better. Why, why does he want this so bad? Who, See, why what, does he care? What he's doing, what he's doing, right? He's saying that uh, a game's price should be um, similar to the amount of content in the game. So he's bragging about how big Skyrim is, and you're only playing sixty dollars for the privilege of playing Skyrim. Whereas you play like a game where it's eight hours long. You should pay $30 because we put so much more into our game, therefore uh-huh. we justify the price. That's what he's saying. He's, he's talking about how big his dick is. Well, look, don't get me wrong. I'm, gl- like, I'm glad I paid only 40 for Earth Defense Force, and I think it should have been even cheaper because you know, it would have been a great arcade game. I think it makes sense for developers, and this is a self-interest thing for developers. If your game isn't huge and awesome and amazing, then yeah, maybe you should say, we'll give this to people a little cheaper. But... Most AAA titles, I think, they put enough work in that it makes sense for them. And they're doing okay with selling it at a $60... But he's wrong, and I'll t- shall I tell you why he's wrong? Go ahead. Because you could have 40 hours of shit game. Well, of course And you just because you've got 40 hours... the size of, of it alone. Well, that's what he's right. saying, though. He's saying how much content there is or how big it is. Yeah, And well, you could have a really big point. shit game. Uh, of course, look at Two Worlds 2. Yeah, but it wouldn't make it worth $60 just because it's... it's yeah, because it's got tons of content, because it might not be very good content. And okay. Limbo. Yeah, limbo? I was just going to say Limbo, limbo is a good example. a great game. Uh, and people said it's too expensive, but it's great. It's a great game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 1,200 marks off points. So he's come out and said that. So he's, he's sort of getting all on his high horse about that as well. And I just think, you know, these, these people, they need to start being a bit careful because there is backlash, you know, and there are people out there who go, ah, oh, well, you can piss off. I'm not going to bother buying your game now because if you're saying all this stupid stuff. So don't I'm, worry. People will buy Skyrim. Yeah, they will. And, and I'm coming to do, well, <laughs> they might buy a version of Skyrim. Yes. <laughs> are there multiple versions, Stuart? There are, there are multi- uh, multiple versions. And there is one very... Very, very expensive version. Uh, well, how does uh, Todd Howard justify this expensive version? I have no idea. I don't think he's actually said how he's justifying it. It's just the it's it's basically fifty percent more game in this version. A hundred and forty nine dollars or a hundred and twenty nine pounds in the UK is what you'll pay for this for a game. Uh, and it has a game, a world map, an art book, and a statue of a dragon. For that amount of money. And it's just like, do you know, it's interesting because we were talking about what would convince us to buy a special edition. Well, this wouldn't. You know, just like, whatever. I don't care. Keep it. Yeah, but people like Steve Conga love this stuff. Maybe. You know, like people like that, they love it. They just, just can't get enough of it. Yeah, I guess. But Dead Island, on the other hand... $71, $71, right? This is... Now, I don't know whether it includes all of this stuff, but there's a hell of a lot of stuff in here, right? Okay, here we go. You get a bag, you get a yep. water bottle, you get a torch, you get a bo- uh, pair of binoculars, you get a, a survival kit, you get T-shirts, you get a pen knife. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure this stuff can't all be in here for $71, but I'll tell you what, 
Now that is there a special what? edition. <laughs> you can go camping with that. You can. It really is a like That's a survival stuff. Yes. <laughs> compass. There's a compass as well. See, uh, two two men go camping. One yeah. boy scoring with the exclusive edition. One boy's Dead Island. The Dead Island one gets by because he cuts stuff down and he's like managing. He's making shit out of twigs. And the other one just has a statue <laughs> of a fucking dragon. That's right. That is seriously right. So, and that's only seventy-one dollars. Look, I'm I'm up for that. Now that might make me want to buy a special edition if you get all that stuff with it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, and then The Witcher Two. I mean, I mean, they give some weird stuff, don't they? The Witcher Two that uh, is one hundred and twenty-nine dollars. So again, a very expensive special edition. Uh, and that comes with a world map, uh, a guide, a pamphlet, and a coin from the game. How can you have a coin from the game? What literally from the game? How? Yeah, they took it out of the game. Out of the game. Yeah. Jeez, that's really cool. I don't know. You could manifest something material from a game, but there you go. 3D model printing device. Must be. Uh, Paper craft. Park three when they make that thing out of the raptors' vocal cords, and they go and they call all the raptors, and they give it back its eggs. Uh, (laughs) Paper crafts, an art book, a set of dice from the game, playing cards, and a bust of the main character's head made out of plaster of Paris. There you go. What you always wanted. I mean, you see that I like the cards. Cards are cool. You know, I can I can live with cards and dice. They're quite cool. But again, would you pay like over a hundred pounds for that? No, I wouldn't pay fifty pounds for that. Yeah, yeah. Chini Chini was umming an R in there with the with that. No, that. I was, you know what? Right, you know what I'm looking at now. Um, I'm looking at the Catherine. Deluxe edition. <laughs> oh, really? What do you get with that? What do you get with that? Deluxe really, edition of Catherine. Did you know? Did you know? Have you ever read about what comes with this? No, no idea. Okay, and there's a petition going on to bring this edition to the UK because oh god, it's a limited edition is only out for America. Do you get a vial of heroin with it? Worse, right? Uh, that, would be use, that would be useful, <laughs> right? Anyway, so Catherine limited edition is eighty dollars. Yeah, and here we go. It's included in the in the Love Is Over edition. Is a Catherine pillowcase, yeah, a shirt depicting a depleted heart gauge, and boxers fashioned in the style of the boxers Vincent wears in the game. Nice. You see, now that's edition, a special edition. The limited edition comes with a stray sheep pizza box. <laughs> Brilliant. And yes, yeah, some art books and soundtracks. So boxers, you can get boxers with the game. Nice. You see, I'd be up for that. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll worry about you. <laughs> I know. Uh, but a petition to bring that to the UK. I'm starting <laughs> I my own petition I think we to fucking get it out of the UK. We should have that for sure. I'd be up for that. Yeah. Um, okay, but there is some good news. There is some good news from from Bethesda and Skyrim for that matter. Uh, this game sounds bloody awesome, you know. I, I don't know how how else to describe it. Sorry, I'm sorry, just to stop you. What the first comment on this story with the the, the Catherine? Oh, the Catherine one, yeah, yeah. The first comment is, "Hope this comes to the UK." Yeah, you see, <laughs> so you do know the good stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna sniff the boxes when I get them. So the the first thing, let's go to Skyrim. Let's have a look, a look at this. Sorry. So, so the first thing, Duke, you know, you're gonna like this. You're gonna like this. Um. Yeah, character creation. You can spend hours, apparently, creating just your character alone. You know, tweaking the size of his nose or mouth or her nose. Or... You know what? I'm so done with that stuff. I've, I, 
I've never been all that worried about exactly how it looks. Just give me like 20 presets and then let me adjust the hair. And that's all I care about. Some adjust do that. the hair. <laughs> oh my God. But I'm assuming it'll do a random. I don't want a guy with stupid looking hair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, now then, the the Argonians are back, so I'll be one of those. That's what I was in the in the original game. In the well, in what the, are those? Uh, they're like lizard race. Uh, they're like lizards. They're really cool because you can go underwater and stuff. So they they come in handy. Yeah, I think certain... I might have been one of those. Yeah, the Argonians are, are pretty cool. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I guess you're right. Who cares? Uh, but I've, I have watched. There's been some supposedly leaked footage from QuakeCon and all that sort of stuff. Stop so I'm... doing this to yourself. I dude. know. I'm... Stop looking at leaked footage. Just play the game when it comes but... out. <laughs> chances yeah. are, like this is this is true. Chances are, you're not. There's not going to be any spoilers because ultimately, you're not going to see any story stuff in. The, I mean, in a game that's supposedly 300 hours, um, you know, well, you're not going to see yeah. a whole lot of it yeah. relative to the rest of the game. But you might still see stuff you don't want to see. The one thing, the one thing I must yeah. say, the one thing, it definitely looks that like this game could be quite adequately played in third person and and be and look really cool animations and stuff. Because in the past, as we know from from Fallout and from from Oblivion. Bethesda's third-person view isn't great and, and never really has been. Not depressed. No, but they seem to have really got it right this time. And, and watching the dual-wielding stuff is, is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. You know, if you dual-wield swords or a dagger and a sword or a spell and a sword, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. That. But they've got like a stamina system uh, built in. And it, obviously, if you use obviously one dagger, you use a bit of stamina. If you use two together, obviously, you use more. And obviously, you've got to balance, you know, the effect of your attacks with uh, with the system. Now, they also have introduced a hold it longer, power up your weapon type attacks as well for heavy attacks. Uh, so it's not separate buttons, but it is like a power up. And but if you miss, obviously, you, you use more stamina, and you might get hit back quicker. Or if you connect, then obviously, you'll do a lot more damage. So. You know, that seems kind of cool. What do you think, Duke? Is that something that you're going to be interested in in this game? Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in Skyrim. I'm looking forward to playing it. I don't I don't get all worked up about all the different tiny features that are in it. I like to discover that stuff as I play the game. I think that there are some people who shoot themselves in the foot because they get overloaded with all the information about it before they play it. And then when they play it, they're like, eh, it's not as great as I hoped it would be. Well, of course not, because you've convinced yourself that you know everything there is about this game, and there's no discovery, there's no wonder, there's no magic left. I guess, but I mean, this is a huge game, so you're not going to see that much from seeing ten minutes of footage, are you? I'm, really? I'm I'm already sick of seeing and hearing about it because I want to have as much of that magic as I can. When I first played Oblivion, there was so much stuff that just kept coming out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, now there's this. Now I have this whole storyline to go through, and now there's this element of the game that I didn't know about." And that was fun. And I think, I'm, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some games that I want to know about that, so I don't, you know, dead money. I wish I had known more. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, the, I think the coolest thing that I've sort of read about, the, the improvements that they've made with this compared to Oblivion, apart from all the aesthetic stuff, which obviously I love, um, but they've also changed all the inventory system and the skill system and everything and simplified it to a sort of north, south, east, west system on the D-pad. Uh, so everything's mapped to that, whether it be direction, whether it be your skills, whether it be your inventory, and it uses the same sort of system for each layer of your of of, of the like the game and the the way that you use the HUD. Um, so it does sound like they've they've spent a lot of time simplifying it, but still keeping the same amount of 
stuff in there so it's got the same amount of stuff from from like oblivion but it's it's more simple to manage and uh there's a favorite system now so you can sort of do favorite sort of combinations of weapons and and shields or spells so you can quickly change from one setup to another for different scenarios in the game so that that does sound kind of cool and then the other thing is they've got uh because obviously you can uh use fire and things of that nature they will have an effect effect on the environment so if you burn some trees down they will obviously stay burned down forever you know so it supposedly can affect the environment with things you do or ways you act in the game apparently Uh, but that remains to be seen because we've heard a lot of claims like that in the past haven't we of people especially like peter molyneux so peter molyneux so skyrim could could be game of the year i think it's up there it definitely could be we'll see We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, yeah, uh, Ico book out this month. Do you know this, Duke? What? Yeah. Well, you didn't know this? Jeez. Tell me more. It's a good yeah. thing I'm participating in a video game podcast. That's right. Uh, yeah, there's a book coming out called Ico, The Castle in the Mist. <gasps> uh, and it goes on sale the 16th of August. And, and basically, I think it is a book of the game, pretty much. I don't think it's sort of a, a sort of spin-off or anything. I get the idea; it's just a book from of you know in the written form of the game. So there you go. So is it a novel or is it? A yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a proper novel. Huh? Yeah, yeah. there, dude. It's a is it only novel. in the UK? No, no. I think it's out sort of everywhere, as far as I know. Oh my goodness. I gotta find this. Have a look on Amazon. It'll be there. Looks exciting. Uh, <laughs> but it might be rubbish, so you know, don't get too excited. Well, who cares? It's Ico. Well, I guess, but you know, it doesn't mean to say it's gonna be good. Um, how oh, could he be talking about every fucking detail in Skyrim? <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ! Holy shit! But it's written by a Japanese author, so you might not like it. <laughs> so what that, does that mean? Well, I'm only, There are lots of good books by Japanese well, authors. I'm just saying. Just hush. <laughs> Thank you for telling me about the book. Now, shush. You, you go and have a look at Amazon. and brief. Uh, Japanese authors suck ass. I don't know. I'm just like, you don't like tend to like anything Japanese, do you, Papa? What are you talking about? I play Go all the time. I'm a big fan of uh, Zen Buddhism. I love Japanese movies like uh, Paprika and uh, 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 the, the Princess Mononoke and Akira and I read Japanese manga all the time. And okay. Where well, do you get you, this? I don't because like... Because you, you tend to hate weird Japanese games, that's all. Right, because they suck. Hey. <laughs> there you go. It doesn't mean that I don't like oh. anything Japanese. Where do you get that from? Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Wow. Hit a new, uh, that, wow. That money sucks. Wow. Sorry, I have some misdirected anger issues going on here. Obviously, you know, I, I could sort of tell that. If you know what I'm I mean. Trying to help you out here, Duke. Oh, yeah. Jeez. God. Damn. Jeez, you can't say anything. God, don't do that, guy a favor. Uh, Shut up! <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about before we have Surface Lizard on uh, is our favorite indie developer because he's so sort of humble and never speaks his mind and, you know, and stays really, you know, says lots of nice things about stuff. Uh, Jonathan Blow, we know him well, don't we? He's a, he's a lovely chap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely. Sorry, I just. See, look, don't look, don't. You know, he's he's a genius. The man's a genius, and he knows yeah. it, and he tells everybody. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, he I likes... am such a genius, and here's the reasons why. Braid, <laughs> braid. End of conversation. Now, 
at that point, yeah, you, you're totally correct, you know. But he is bringing out a new game. Oh, uh, uh, and it's called The Witness. Okay. Witness, the Fitness. The Witness. One Hope, One Quest, That Witness. And as much as I don't like Jonathan Blow, and as much as I think he's an arsehole, this game does look kind of cool. It does look kind of cool. Um, well, Brave was a good game, but it's just... Uh, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but it's an interesting game, this. And it, it did remind you of Mist a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be as... Well, it probably is going to be as complex as Mist, if we're being honest here, isn't it? But basically, it's you, you sort of find yourself on an island. It won't be as awesome as Mist. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Might be. You don't know. I'm putting 10 quid on this You don't know. know. I do know. But basically, you you show up on a desert island uh, and you're stuck in a room and there's sort of a blue screen on the door and it's a sort of move a ball from one point to another on the screen to unlock the door. And it's basically a series of these types of puzzles which presumably get more and more complex as you go through the game. Uh, but there's some story stuff, and the the premise of the game is that you have to figure out who you are, so who you, what your who your character is, and who's setting the puzzles for you, so who's sort of messing with you. Uh, but I don't know. It looks cool. It, aesthetically, it's very pleasing, and you know I'm always going to be drawn to that. Uh, but you know, I don't know. And and he's look, Blow's got a whole new term for this game. Whole new. He's made it up himself. Do you, want to, do you want to hear what it is? Go on then. It's called a long form game. You know what that okay. means? No. You know what it means? It means that players will continually discover new aspects of both the gameplay and the story up through and until the end. The interesting thing about that is. So, but do you know what? I, I actually agree. That's babble. That's babble, right? Well, no. That's babble. It, it really go, is. That's no, like no, pretentious, no, self interested, no, meaningless abuse of the language. You will discover things as you go through the game. What complete. Well, listen, concept. listen, listen. You know what it sounds like? Every other game that's ever been made, ever, including Parcheesi and Tiddlywinks. Well, okay, but he has got some logic for this, this sort of explanation. Okay, and this is this. It says that many games start big and then repeat the same mechanics over the course of the game. So they just do the same thing over and over again, which we which they do. You know, we can't argue with that because that happens. Some games do that, yes. Some games do that. Not all of them. He says give or take, give or take. So he does accept that some games don't do that. It probably means braid, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but he says... There is uh, this other game. That does <laughs> that doesn't. Uh, but the winner starts very small, then continually adds new layers for the rest of the game. Yeah. So he's saying, like, initially in the puzzles, you, you you just move a ball from left to right, but you'll learn to spot solutions in the environment, learn to move two balls at the same time, learn to use the solutions to divide colored dots on the puzzle, then learn how to do many of those types of things in combination with each other. It's like a game-long tutorial that you'll learn by playing, where as soon as you figure out how to interact with one puzzle, you're on to the there next one. Now, game. there is another That's game. Like what Portal does. I was just going to say that. Zelda. You beat me damn dope. Blast! You beat me to it. Welcome but yes, to my world. I was just going to say, which sounds a lot like Portal. <laughs> yes, but that's yeah. fine. Look, I'm fine with that. If that's what he's doing, bring it on. You know, he's I'd... not going to do Portal. He's going to do pretentious. No, he's not going to do Portal. But he does. He's he do does a Portal. Be a flower developer. Eh? He's going to be one of them. Well, it he... might be Portal S, but I got to be honest, man. After Braid, I don't have a lot of faith. Well, we'll you see. Have faith. We'll see. You've got to, Yeah, you've got to have a bit of faith. <laughs> 
No, George. You got to have talent, dude. <laughs> uh, Bill. Bill Hicks. Yeah, but I don't know. I look. I think that you should be excited for this, dude, because I think it's something you're going to like. Regardless of how you feel about okay, it. Okay, duly noted what you think my emotions should be about this video game. Oh, however, me, you and feel Duke, about we'll, we'll, me and Duke will make this bail about this game. I'll speak on behalf of Duke, right? We will try. Yeah. Troy Troy's a key word. Of course. We will try. And I'll, I'll try it with an open mind. I expect to disassociate. When we play the game, we'll try and disassociate the game from the complete tosser that made it. Okay, but, but Chini. <laughs> Just like every time I play a Peter Molyneux game. Chini, let me ask you one question, right? Yes. Jonathan Blow aside, right? what did you think of Braid as a game? Without him out of the equation, with him totally out. It's hard to... Oh, it's hard to think Come on, just take him, out of the, totally take him out of the equation. What did you think of Braid as a game? I thought it was a game that had a great idea, and for most people, um, they probably would have given up uh, halfway. I reckon not a lot of Kinda people... Kind of like I did. I, I reckon not a lot of people finished that. Because it was just too hard. I'm not asking what you think other people might think. I'm asking what you thought. I think it's, it's a difficult game. And I think it's difficult because uh, the said person wants it to be difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. It's clever. That is true. Uh, I don't disagree with you, but I do. And what, what makes me bad about that is if, it's, if, it, if, if, it's, if you're stupid enough not to, to get through it, it's your fault, not the developer. That's what he's, that's what he's about. He's like, well, it's not my fault. It's so yes, it is. It's your fucking fault. It's so difficult. Idiot. <laughs> Dick. Uh, anyway, so you, it's hard to disassociate yourself. Is Any what friends say. of Jonathan Blow listening, please forward this on to him. <laughs> but I think The Witness is, is one to look out for. I think it Witness could be the Fitness. Really cool. I think please really cool. Uh, find the, the, the song Duke of Witness the Fitness. Thank you very much. I have hey. no idea what you're talking about, but I'll Rich try to find what YouTube. I can find. Witness the Fitness is a brilliant video. There you go. I'll just there play you. it so I can just stop mine. Witness the Fitness. She- she bread sucks. There you go. So coming up, coming up, we have got uh, Surface Lizard. So yeah, we have got uh, Surface Lizard uh, coming up now, and I have to say, I have to give a sort of uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but. A pre-Surface Lizard warning. You have to give a Modern Warfare 2 warning. Yeah, that the views of Surface Lizard aren't necessarily the views of the Veteran Gamers podcast. The, the scene ahead, uh, the next scene, will may disturb you. Yeah. You have the option Hello, to skip it by skipping forward five minutes or whatever it well, is. Well, 12 minutes, isn't it? About 10 or 11 minutes, yeah. Um, so if you don't want to shoot a lot of civilians in an airport, <laughs> yes. skip forward 12 minutes. God, that is that actually is a very good analogy, I have to say. Thank you. Very good. Uh, so let's have a listen to him. And then afterwards, we've got a, a list for Chini to be, because we haven't had a list for a while, so we're going to let, let Chini do a list. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's have a listen to Surface Lizard, and then when we come back, we'll discuss what he had to say this week. One quest, witness the fitness. Brilliant. Hello, darlings. Serve me right to suffer. It served me right to be alone. Because my mind, I'm still living in a day, the path is gone. 
businessmen and business ladies. You don't need me to tell you that the long drive before a long meeting is a bit of a strain. So why not do what I do? Take the train. I travel about 39,000 rail miles a year on business. Much more comfortable and less worrying than driving. I get to meetings relaxed and on time because... This is the ...of the train. Hello, darlings. I am Surface Lizard, but that's quite enough existentialism for one day. I was recently talking to a friend of mine who is gay, and amongst all of the topics we ended up covering, video games cropped up. More importantly, the lack of, or the terrible presentation of, gay characters in games, which I think is worthy of comment as much as I can in ten minutes. This is often a difficult, craggy, and controversial topic. I can never do the issues and associations justice in this brief slot, nor would I ever have the temerity to try and do so. I respect an individual's lifestyle and sexuality choice, and as far as I'm concerned, what consenting adults want to prod, penetrate, and lick is none of my business. I'm an open-minded fellow. Personally, I fucking love lesbians. As Aristotle told us in his ethics, happiness is the greatest good, and if none suffer as a result, then all is well. I may make the occasional joke this is partly as a semi-ironic critique of the lack of such gay characters in games, and I mean no offence to any listeners, no matter what their sexuality, everything I say is meant out of respect. So please don't sue me, you leather-wearing biker moustache types. Also, I appreciate that gay is a catch-all term which I'm including to use homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, but to be honest with you, I'm using it for the male same-sex relations issue because that seems to be, frankly, the real problem for the industry, the money men, and the players. Throughout the many years of my gaming, I found the developers have asked a great deal of my imagination. I've had to project myself to be an Italian plumber, or a compulsively eating blob, or a woman, or an animal, or a lunatic, alien. There's one thing I've never been asked to do in a game, and that is play as a homosexual character. Reality is many things, reality is also incredibly boring. I'm a white heterosexual male, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, so shouldn't games provide me with some sense of escapism to escape and experience things that wouldn't be possible? All these possibilities and the best that games can come up with is muscly men in power armour. It's been a tricky road to get any kind of alternative sexuality represented in games, way back to the early days of the NES, for example, the first mass-market console. Now, Nintendo's own stringent quality control gave them the right to censor and excise as they saw fit. An early good example is the Super Mario Bros. 2 egg-spitting boss Birdo, who, in the original Japanese version of the game, was described as thinking he was a girl and wanting to be called Birdetta, which was censored by Nintendo of America and in all future appearances of the game. In Dragon Warrior 3, all references to a gay bar were removed, and the SNES version of Ultima 7 had to be substantially chopped, so your character couldn't have the choice of having a male or female bedmate if they paid their fee. It's been widely assumed that young, white, heterosexual males are the force that's driving the industry forward, which was strongly challenged perhaps for the first time by Will Wright with The Sims 
which actually then managed to contradict the paradigm that girls don't play games. But then even games that cater to the non-traditional demographic can be said to somehow censor or dilute any homosexual content, for example, going back to The Sims. That game has been a phenomenal success in every iteration, but it was only in The Sims 3 that the player had to effectively manually instigate multiple same-sex interactions before a character will be converted to homosexuality. Part of the problem is that the video game community, whilst it's expansive, is still very much exclusive to a specific stereotype. When you consider how a, an other, or an outre, or an outsider is portrayed in video games, often you find that the strong female supporting character is always second to a, to a male lead. Female leads who are meant to be independent, or strong, or dominant, are just fetishized sex objects in thongs. And there's a very dangerous rut that if this carries on, any form of homosexual character in games will fall into this same terrible groove. It's reasonable to say, and one doesn't have to look too far to find the evidence, that any gay character in a game is an exceptionally feminine, fey man, vain, whose existence and sexuality is treated more like a parody of a joke, some horrible Choaniki erotica with thongs and muscles and holes in your head. Ostensibly, games are made to make money, and they're still marketed to where that money is, which, according to the industry, is a straight male audience. I'm sure that most of you can remember Infinity Ward's horrendous FAGS viral video campaign, which was the fight against grenade spam, which was hilarious and just shows that most developers and publishers believe that they're selling their games to teenage boys who are all too happy to chuck around homophobic slurs and racism on Xbox Live. Whilst we're getting there with strong female characters in games, when it comes to any gay character, depressingly, they are still defined by their sexuality and not as a character who just happens to be gay. For example, in the new World of Warcraft expansion, Cataclysm, there are some obviously gay characters. Well done, Blizzard, you've tried to make an effort, but I don't think there will be a single gay player who wouldn't be offended by the whole thing. One character called Theralion is actually given abilities called Dazzling Destruction and Fabulous Flames, which sounds something like a Elton John concert would give you or Jimmy Somerville reunion. Now, with any homosexual character in a game, I understand that it is very difficult to communicate that a character is gay. You can't just drop it into the quest text. Oh, I need you to go and suck ten cocks. But what that leaves unimaginative designers with is very few options, like turning your gay character into some flamboyant Julian Clary type he'd be more at home in the Blue Oyster Bar. With the fantastic amount of money that goes into making a AAA game or an RPG, would it not kill you to put a bit of money aside to actually get a gay writer to write a gay character intelligently? Even the games that try to make a difference, that try to shun the paradigm, often go about it completely the wrong way. Mass Effect is a prime example. I played a female shepherd and I had a marvellous lesbian relationship and fapped myself off stupid over it. 
However, if you played as a male shepherd, the game remains staunchly heterosexual, which frankly is a design decision difficult to justify. So, the bottom line becomes that gay is wrong, but lesbianism is fetishized and permitted because it's two ladies scissoring each other. Lovely. To be fair, Dragon Age 2 did redress the balance with a male hawk romance tree, and Bioware have also added a male-male romance option to Mass Effect 3, which should make things a little more egalitarian, and will probably lead to some horrible shocked daily male outrage, Mass Effect 3 turned my son into a glory hole fiend. But then the problem becomes one of choice. Being or having a homosexual encounter in a game is a choice, but there are innumerable games, 95% plus, where the main character is known or implied to be heterosexual. Duke Nukem is a walking phallus who worships women. Mario is maybe a bit less direct, but why do you think he's been rescuing the princess if not to get under those lovely pink skirts? I would love nothing more than to listen to the howling of despair of 360 fanboys as at the end of Gears of War 3, Marcus Phoenix rips off his bandana and says, Actually, all this time, I was a cock-loving rodeo gay. But that'll never happen. I'd like to think that developers aren't scared of having a gay character in a game. I'd like to think that developers are more wary about getting it right, being respectful. But then, implicitly behind that, even the concept of getting it right means that there's an implied fear of offending publishers and consumers, which is the aorta of your income. Having a gay character in a game who isn't just the token gay, the token woman, the token ethnic, or what have you, is a very difficult thing to integrate and something far beyond my limited intelligence. But there's a bigger concern with all of this is how it's actually managed with PR, with marketing, political doublespeak. If a game is intelligently handled, people like us, veteran gamers, who are intelligent and can read and understand how it works, will be able to appreciate how the character's sexuality is handled. But what you can imagine is the adverts in Loaded Magazine or Nuts, which is just going to claim it as the first gay first-person shooter you can rim in HD FPS, or something equally hyperbolic. It's naive and patronising to think that gamers who are gay will buy a game because it features a gay character. Uh, I would assume that gay players love to play Halo or Call of Duty because it's a great game, not because they want to take Captain Price around the back and rip him a new one. I would personally love to see him play an action game or an RPG where the hero is likeable, affable, intelligent, the kind of hero we're used to seeing in all number of popular games. But instead of, you know, looking at women in their underwear, we learn over time that the character is actually gay. It's not a big reveal like Samus at the end of Metroid. Oh my god, she's a woman. Oh my god, he's gay. It would just be part of the transition of the narrative. Subtle enough so you could overlook it if you chose to. Because it should enhance the character as a character and not be an issue to make them out to be something special. Arguably, the easiest way to handle any kind of homosexuality in games, at least at this early stage of the industry, is to empower the player with choice. If you don't want to make your main character gay, overtly or covertly, then if it's an open world game, give your player the choice to define their own sexuality. Make them have the same options and the same rights no matter what they choose or who they choose to take to bed how many times. When you start to predefine, you start to prejudice, which takes us all the way back to where we were at the start. But depressingly, at least at this point, no developer is willing to take that brave stand to put their openly gay character in the front 
as the protagonist and risk the wrath of the publishers and the players and even their bottom line. Which in a way is quite depressing that this glut of gamers are so sexually insecure and so unsure of themselves that the very thought of playing a gay character forces them into some bizarre denial state and thus makes them into angry, obnoxious imbeciles. Until then, sadly, it's back to space marines and tits, or space marines with tits. Take your pick. Surface Lizard signing out. Be seeing you. Because when I think of all the things I've got to do, I just get depressed. And I'd rather go to bed, so good night. I'm a great big old Hector saying good night. Okay, so, uh... Yes, uh, gay characters in games and how they're portrayed uh, was his uh, topic this week. Somewhere amongst all of that stuff, uh, that's what he was actually talking about, I believe. I think. Although I'm, I'm still not entirely sure. But I think it was somewhere... I think it was about gay lords. Something yeah. about gay people. Something. The... <laughs> They're so um, gay. Yeah, amongst all that stuff. So, I don't even know whether you can really discuss what, what Surface Lizard had to say because it was a bit hard to get. Well, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. Yeah. Let, let me say this. I have friends who are gay. In fact, I have a number of friends who are gay. And um, I'm really bothered by the prevalence among gamers of, you know, using, first of all, a lot of people who use the word gay or like queer or whatever it is, they don't mean making out with somebody like no. that same sex. You know what I mean? They no. mean stupid or dumb. Now, the problem with that is that it equates homosexuality with stupid or dumb or more usually less of a man, you know, not really a real man or whatever it is. So I just tell people, look, say what you mean. I start every semester with this with my students. I say, look, if I give you a book to read and you think the book is stupid – and you go, this book is gay. You don't mean that book likes to make out with other books of the same gender, do you? That's ridiculous. Of course not. You mean this book is stupid, so say what you mean. Okay. And the other thing that bothers me, I mean, the reason I care about any of this is because there are, you know, one in ten uh, gamers, you know, like the rest of the population, uh, there's some kid out there who hears people all day long talking about gay and you fag and you queer and all this other stuff. And this is in that story respawn I wrote. It shows up in people's lives, you know, and, and, and it, it affects people. It's not going to, you know, make them probably go out and commit suicide just because you called one thing gay. But it has that subtle effect of telling people like gay equals weak, stupid, bad, etc., so I just think it's a sort of unenlightened way to look at things. And, um, yeah, you know, as for g- gay characters in games, I think it makes sense. But I also think it makes sense that we have non-stereotypical black characters in games and Arabs in games that aren't terrorists. I spilled all my chicken on the back seat. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, the odd thing is for me... San Andreas, for anybody who's... Yes, no. classic. The odd thing for me is that, unfortunately, I think most... Um, Developers, when they have a gay character or you can play as a gay character in a game, it's just a stereotype, isn't it? It's not not a real person. But, okay, part of uh, being gay or heterosexual is your sexuality, isn't it? And that's what they tend to use. Because how well... Because everyone's just the same, pretty much, apart from the fact that maybe you're attracted to, you know, another man as opposed to a woman. How how do you portray that? Because there isn't real... Unless you use stereotypes, there's no other way of doing it. No, 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 I'm sorry. I have to dispute the idea that it's either... 
big gay Al from South Park, or it's just like everybody else, and there's no way of indicating the person's gay. You could no, indicate but why it in is very it, why small, is there any reason to, No, but why is there any reason to indicate anyone's gay or heterosexual or whatever in well, a gay? Oh, well, hold on a second. If we didn't have Duke Nukem being blown by two twins, then I might agree with you. But there are examples all the time of characters being flaunting their heterosexuality in games, and nobody says a word about it. But as soon as you have a gay person showing a little bit of their homosexuality, then it seems weird and bizarre. No, not at all. No, no, no. You miss it. You completely miss him. I have no issues with that at all. What okay. I'm saying is, outside of the sex thing, the, everyone's just the same. It doesn't matter whether you're gay or heterosexual. Your feelings are the same. Except you're... that when the guy goes to work, he kisses a man goodbye instead of a yeah, woman. Yeah, and that's the so only show difference. show that in the game, and that's it. But... What would be the point of that? What would be the... the I don't Character get it. Character development. It would show that person People. as a person with that element of his identity a little different than the other person's. And maybe there are other examples of it, too. He goes to work, and he, I mean, you know, there's not going to be a game where you go to work. This would be the most boring game in the history of the world, but you know Same. what I'm saying? Like, in Gears of War, right. Well, in Gears of War, you know, like, if they're both, you know, they're talking about, oh, you know, your sweetie back home or whatever, like, yeah, he's really cute, you know, and he's like cooking with no pants on or something which is fine <laughs> which is fine right? okay. i don't know why that would be a thing but no well i totally get what you're saying oh, is that what you think guys get up to <laughs> what? okay oh, that's what i get let's, up to with my gay friends but let's be absolutely honest here right okay stories in games on the whole are pretty superficial things yes they are they I'm are not what deep. i would like to see not what i expect to see. they are not deep they are not meaningful most they of the time be. and to portray something like that properly, you would have to build a relationship and show that relationship and show how it's dynamic and how it fits into the story. Which is why it's ridiculous that they're only now allowing gay relationships in Mass Effect. Yeah, but they're not, though. They're not gay relationships. They're not gay relationships in Mass Effect. All they are is, let's portray gay sex in Mass Effect. That's what it is. Well, I don't know that. It isn't are a gay sure? relationship. Uh, well, we don't know that. We don't know that because... We don't know that because, I mean, played, to be honest... No, because we've had played, it already in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, Mass we Effect haven't played one. the game, and to be fair, all the other relationships, that, all the other sex that you have in Mass Effect 1 and 2, you don't just have sex with them. You have to yeah, build a relationship. It's yeah, and how do you build a relationship? You talk. Yeah, but, I'm you talk. but what sort of... It? Yeah, well, that, is that how that happens in real life? No. Of course it is. Hey, yeah, of course I got you this cake. Let's yeah, talk exactly. about your day. Yeah, so you just meet some random person and bring them a cake. Oh, or bring them I'm a married. Cake. I don't meet a random people. person and start but chatting around. Can you not see how stupid it is heterosexual or homosexual or whatever it is? It's just stupid because none of it makes any sense, relationships in games. Not unless they're going to have a deep and meaningful story to back that up. I do in Mass Effect. deep and meaningful story is in Mass Effect that backs up a relationship. Well, the point of a relationship in Mass Effect is sometimes you'll you'll be confronted with a situation where you have to give up, you have to sacrifice one squad member for another, and you're like, "Well, I'm in love with that one." But well, no, no, no. But no, no well, I mean, no, I'm sorry. No, Look, I will say this: in Dragon Age and in Dragon Age Two, when that woman left, in each instance, I was actually sad. I was like, "Oh man, she took off. What a well, skank!" But were you really sad, or were you just yes? And that's the sign of good character development. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a stupid (laughs) video game. It's, you know, some make-believe thing. But in the same way that when Rex, in some cases, dies, people are genuinely upset by that. And there's another game we could talk about where I won't won't spoil it, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. We develop some attachment to these characters. Now, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Most developers don't bother, but 
it happens if they make the game right. And it could happen and show a meaningful element of a person's identity with homosexual relationships just as, you know... I don't completely. think there's any... Look, I don't think there's any problem with that, but I just think uh, relationships in general in games are pretty superficially done. And they, it, I, it, it is... And... I bring and you a say this. Oh, what you're saying is it that the danger is that if a developer puts a gay character in a game, they're likely to revert to the... Uh, stereotypical portrayals because that's easier just like they did yep. with uh, there's no San Andreas and they well, let's have a black character oh he's talking about fried chicken and okay yeah I share that concern because that is a worrying concern let me ask you this Chinny how do you think they handled uh, gay Tony and in- brilliantly GTA because he, the fact that he, he he was gay man right you don't play as gay Tony you work for gay Tony right and he, the, the, he's gay the He's just a fact. He's he's just a gay man, whatever. And it's never an issue. It's never a problem. It's never a uh, a, a story point. He's How do they show that he's gay other than that's his name? He, he he. There was men in his apartment that would kind of walk out when you walk in. Right. Um, he would kind of mention it now and again. He, you know, there was he wasn't you know fucking a bloke on the screen or anything. He right. was he, he was just kind of he was quite open about his relationships or he was having trouble with some guy but it never it never showed you like graphic sex or anything you just kind mm-hmm. of walked in on him with a guy and he was like this guy's going there whatever and speaking of the wire obvious. they did that with one of the characters on the wire named Omar like he's gay but it's not an issue at all like it's just sort of part of who he is That's and it. other people make fun of him for it but he's every bit as hardcore as any other gangster on that show and I expect that's the sense with gay Tony there mm-hmm. like, like, and people so fear gay Tony people like people because he, he's you know he owns a nightclub and he, he can get he knows people and people are scared of him, you know. Oh yeah, I mean he's prepared. I mean that he, he, that's probably one of the better uh, portrayals yeah. I would get. Like all these, all these good examples. Like we, we're even talking about Mass Effect and relationships and stuff. These are like the rare instances. Most of the time, they are shit. Yes. You know, it's. It yes. is I just still, I still don't think Carl Mass Effect k- kissing his wife at the yeah. <laughs> at the very start of L.A. Noire, and you never <laughs> see her again. It's, it's just that. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 the one thing I'd love to see, right, is. I won't say the game to the very end. That'll be the punchline, right? So the one thing I'd love to see is uh, the main character, right, to lean over and say, "You know what? This is the third game now. I see you've lost your wife. Um, this girl's interested in me, but you know what? I'm I'm all for you. Gears of War three ending. That's what I want. I want <laughs> Dom and Marcus to kiss. <laughs> and that would right. fucking be That wouldn't depressed. be much of a stretch, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of homoeroticism in that game. There is. These there guys is. with these big guns. <laughs> you, and think uh, about it. <laughs> you think about it, right? Dom's wife's dead. He's probably looking for a, a change. Marcus yeah? never shows any interest to that blonde lady that keeps on giving in the eye. She's gagging for it, right? <laughs> Marcus has to be a homo. Yeah, has there you go. Be. He's coming out. Man, they best rename that shit to Gay low. He'll say, he'll say, Dom, I mean this. Fuck me in the ass. What? <laughs> oh my God. Well, they don't call me sub, do they? No, uh, they call me Dom for oh a reason. My <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's pretty funny. Uh, Gears of War 3. But, but like, I mean, can the coal train come to this party? But just to round this out, I mean, to be honest, up to now. Everybody's up to listening now. right oh now is having visions of a Gears of War orgy. 
Oh my god! But we're never. None of these games up to now are ever going to be a brokeback mountain, are they? You know, they're not going to tell us one day. Maybe, but at the moment, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but I still think that the sort of gay relationships in Mass Effect are totally superficial. How can you be ready so quickly? (laughs) It's simple. Yeah. iTunes. Search oh. for Broke B, and then there it is. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> on Family Guy, on Family Guy, they have uh, Brokeback Mountain 2, the point of the view of the horses. And there's the two horses standing there. And they go, what are they doing in there? And then the other one horse looks at it and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> but that's, yeah, the, that's awesome the other thing. Movie, yeah. That's the other thing, I think. And this is where the other issue I have with games, like, you know, like Mass Effect and like Dragon Age, is... If you're going to have any sort of relationship, you know, make sure it has a point with the story, you know. And I don't know about Dragon Age because I haven't bothered trying to get off with anyone in that. Uh, but in Mass Effect, you know, I did all the Miranda thing, or Mass Effect 2, I did all the Miranda thing, and it, it didn't have any effect on the story, really. I wasn't that bothered. It was just something to do, you know, something that I did in the game. I thought, oh, yeah, there you go. I, you I agree with you that. in that I think I'd like to see the decisions you choose have more of an impact on yeah, the game Yeah, there was no in point general. to it. It didn't have any... Well, hang on a second, wait, wait, wait. but this yeah. applies to all parts of that game. For instance, in Fallout, New Vegas, there are like four different main endings you can go for, but they all have pretty much the same structure. It would be really cool if, by pursuing one of those options, you could avoid that last final battle altogether or have someone else fight it for you or instead of doing a battle you have to go and you know do a series of lock picks or you know what i mean like some other thing other than having some big boss at the end of the game i think that they should have built in that same sort of thing where if you have a relationship with this person you can you know sidestep this part of this mission or whatever it is i think that's a good idea yes i agree with that however i would also point out that i think bioware does a really good job of not having just one story there's lots Lots of stories going on and interweaving, and in that respect, I think they, the relationships do uh, fit in, and it does work out with Dragon Age because when Miranda takes off, it affects not really how you play the game, but how the story unfolds. So, I guess, but I do feel I still feel like it's I'll very say. superficial. I just think you need to in relationships I, in general need to be sorted out in games. Yeah, I think have, it's a new thing. A I mean, we've we've only I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't San Andreas the first game we ever really saw? Like you're dating this person. Go back. I mean, other than dating Sims, like it's a very new thing in terms of the evolution of video games to have these relationships in a game. And I think that we're we haven't they haven't really figured out how to do them very well yet. So well, they I have. I mean, they great, have. But, I mean, because even, I think they're all right. In GTA 4, you know, the girlfriend they all she does is just ring oh, you all the yeah. time and tells you how crappy right. shirt is. Right. You know, if you, if you were the right <laughs> shirt, just fancies you. Shut you in the face now, game. Yeah. It's over. It's terrible. Weird. I just shut you in the face. <laughs> yeah. And you, die. you just act like it's annoying. Just terrible. So, uh, one, yeah. One thing, one thing, one thing. There will, I reckon some game developer will make a game about a couple of gays um, just just for the sake of it. You know, just for like, ah, oh, we haven't done it yet. So, uh, and then. Oh, wait. No, no, no. There is a game like that. Kane and Lynch. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Army of Two no, could also Army argue. Of two, I was just gonna say Army of Two was totally gay. <laughs> those those gay. two robots in the portal co-op—they seem a little gay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the basis for that is, but oh my god, high-pitched voices. I don't know. High-fiving each other all the time. High-five, hugging at one point. Hugging, Come on. Yeah, what hugging. a girl though. I thought one was a girl. 
Don't know. Can't tell. <laughs> I don't think robots have genders. Not really sure. Whatever. That's but like when have... has gender reassignment surgery and he gets made into a woman. It's like, wait a minute, you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they have personalities, and the personalities could be male or female, surely. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so that's that's pretty much it, you know. That's all I've got to say. And we said quite a lot, if I'm being honest. <laughs> that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah. So there you go. But thank you for, uh, as always, stimulating. Keeping it real! Yeah, Thanks, Surface Lizard, you gay boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, okay, right. We have got one email, so we'll quickly do that. And then we have a list for Chino. Oh! Okay, this is from Hans V. Hans V. And he says this. He uh, two entries. I know he has. He's keen. He never, yeah. he never talks about it at the start. <laughs> well, we'll do that. We'll do that. Don't worry. We should put a big red thing at the top of the show notes that says, yeah, we mention should do the competition. That to remind us. Uh, he says, here's the joke, listeners. We have that at the top of the we show do. notes. He says, Dear Stu, Chini, and Duke, I have a question for that internet television sound thing that you do on iPodcast, I believe it is called. Yes. Uh, what time and location would you like a game to visit? Personally, I would like to visit Tokyo or another highly technological metropolis in the next Fallout game, but not New York or something that has been done to death. Mm. I would like the time to be right when the nuclear war is starting and the end of the game is in a vault. Uh, P.S. I am not old. I know it is called a pod show. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, it's a really interesting idea because I think you could do some really interesting things. If you, I mean, any country, Japan especially would be very interesting Japan. to see how the vaults are different, to see all the, the yeah. <laughs> wait, Japan. There we go. Um, yeah, to see how the vaults are different, to see how the propaganda is different, just to see. I mean, you know, well, first of all, the Japanese would probably be very unsettled by it because didn't they have to change something in Fallout Three? Because it was like. I think that one of the weapons was called Fat Man or something, and that was actually one of the bombs that the U.S. dropped on Hiroshima or not. Uh, possibly. Yeah, they were like, oh, I guess we'll change that name. Sorry. Um, but no, I think that could be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, take that, Japan. Stupid soundboard coming in late. Jeez. Jeez, there you go. So where would I like to visit? So what would you like to visit? Um... I'd like to see a game set in East Timor, because I've been working on East Timor solidarity issues for like 20 years, and that would be so awesome. GTA East Timor. GTA East Timor. Yes. That would right. be awesome. You have to, it's a big mountain, so you just climb up the mountain. And all that. I guess Just Cause would be good there, because then you just grapple up the thing. Or Portal I, Gun. You just portal up to the top of mountain, Mount Romolo. I personally think this is a really difficult question to answer, because a lot of places you would think of have either already been in a film or they've been in a game. So it's difficult to think of yeah. somewhere that hasn't. And, and it, like times as well is difficult. Because a lot of times have been visited in games as well. Dude, so you know what would be awesome? You should totally. They should totally make a video game about John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry, like breaking out slaves and like, what if John Brown had won and like he freed all the slaves in the U.S. And it's like, rise up, man, let's do this. That would be so cool. Yeah, I guess. I and guess then you come to the future cool. and you got like a laser gun. You're like, bow, bow, take that <laughs> slave owners. <laughs> <laughs> That would definitely be interesting. There would be something yeah. different and a different time. Reserves, so I don't fucking steal it. So, yeah. Chini, have you got any ideas of a time location that you would There's like not to see? There's games in Britain, do you think, Stu? Yeah, but what would you do in Britain? Would you I do Britain to be about British. Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. So you would have a game set in Wolverhampton. GTA Wolverhampton. A GTA game. 
GTA Wolverhampton. Well, everybody loves the getaway. That was in London. GTA like, Preston. What about what about like there, there aren't you know like the the even the the old timey Britain. I suppose you could argue Fables a bit like that, but there's that show the Calm Games. You know, like the Twentieth Century Britain, the Blackadder kind of second series Britain. That's yeah. kind of Britain. What about that? You know, there's not enough of those. Like the Henry VIII uh, time chopping off heads and all that sort yeah, of stuff. But like you know, a modern day the Britain, Tudors. There's, there's there's not enough of modern day Britain either. You see, I would have said something like that, but then I think Assassin's Creed has done a lot of coverage of that sort of era. What about modern day Britain? In what Italy? About Preston? Preston, Stu. Yeah. What about Manchester? Manchester's a big city. You know? Manchester's worthy of being a, a backdrop. It'd be funny to have a snatch game. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. Like a height, yeah. Manchester's a great city. And I think... Dress up like Jews and go in and rob the diamond guy. Yeah. There you go. That'll be yeah. seen now. There you go. That would be cool. Sam, are you trying to give me heartburn? But I guess... I, it, I, I just don't think there's enough British locations in games. There isn't. I, I guess you're right. But it does make it interesting from a... Because you'd have to see landmarks that you would recognise for it to be well, worthwhile. Do that in, Angel in, of the North, Big Ben, Parliament. Yeah, Newcastle. Yes, yeah. Newcastle would be a good Lost one. Me. Isn't that a beer? What? No, but that's where the Angel of the North is. Oh. Okay. So you mentioned it, so I was saying, yeah, Newcastle would be quite cool because that's where the Angel of the North is. You're just rhyming off landmarks, you know, aren't you? <laughs> Stuff I heard on the Ricky Gervais show, that's it. Uh... <laughs> just an RPG set in, in, like, like Britain, and you can travel to the different cities or something. Would Here's what have... I think we'll eventually have. Well, eventually, Google will go beyond just taking pictures of all the streets, and they will make 3D models of the buildings as they drive around. And then it will be very easy for video game developers to put their game mm. in that virtual world because Google will have established it in a 3D wireframe model. In a 3D wireframe. So I think that could be very interesting. I think you could be right. Cross-pollination that way. I mean, it's probably about 50 years away, but I think it could be cool. Yeah? No, I think it could be cool. But yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult because it's, there's a lot of places already been done in films or video games. So it's Either hard. that or a music festival. Yeah, but what would you what would you do though? What would the game be at a music what about festival? Solve a crime, CSI. Or right, you're at a music festival. It's all closed off. It's on the Isle of Wight, where I went. Right, and it's on an island. Zombies. All of a sudden, zombie yeah. attack. Zombie all attack. Not, not even a zombie attack. Some kind of like viral disease goes on. You have to kind of investigate what's going on. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be zombies. Like people start dying of this disease, and you have to kind of figure it away and, and what's going and on. And when you shoot them, you cure them of their disease. Right. Yeah. Like and in, uh, yeah, exactly. But they're cured when they die. Yeah, so. they're, they're cleansed. <laughs> you can eat the bodies and you won't get sick. Um, num num. Brilliant. Um, so that's it. So Came there you up go. With clever game ideas. Yeah, thanks, Hans V. Uh, I think we will. I think we're rubbish at that, but let's uh, move on all the same. <laughs> what do you think, listeners? Send us your idea about where, we, what place you'd like to have a game and set. And what kind of game would it be? Yeah, email. 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 Right, Chini, you'll have to do this very quickly because uh, we are running out of time. But uh, the list I've got for you this week, you'll like this. It's quite, it was quite a good one, I thought. Uh, seven creepy video game Easter eggs. Uh, so do you want to go through these? See, we've seen any of these because some of these I've played the games and never even found these. So what is the source of this list? It's from a cracked.com. Cracked. Dot. 
That's so crazy. I I remember reading Cracked when I was a kid, and it was like the silliest, weirdest, you know, magazine in the world. Now it's a somewhat respectable source of information, not just about video games, but they have articles about like six things you didn't know about the Bible and like historical quirks and like it's really good information sometimes. Well, so anyway, go ahead. This is this is weird. It's got to be said. Some of these are really weird. So off you go, Chinny. Number seven. Uh, number seven is the game that we all love. It's Portal 2. Yay! And, yeah, uh, apparently in one of the uh, abandoned hidden room thingies, uh, there's, yeah, the, this one's got a creepy surprise. If you stand close enough to one of the graffiti covered walls, you can hear a kind of disturbed <laughs> That is it. That is what you hear. Uh, really creepy. Yeah. And what that is, is uh, the last surviving uh, lab assistant from, uh, what's the name of the, what's the name Aperture of the Science. Aperture Science. And he's, he's the, huh. the rat man, Doug Ratman. And he's the last person who survived. So the person, all those side rooms that you see in Portal 2 is him. And there's a webcomic, apparently, of that guy. But I can't find it anyway. Just... And he lives apparently inside the walls. Mm-hmm. But have you seen? Have you seen the cool thing that uh, uh, happens? Because in, in apparently another one of the rooms, if you take the radio and it makes this weird blurring noise. Yeah, yeah. There's achievement for that. There's achievement, right? But it's actually an, an encrypted SSTV image signal. Uh-huh. And if you decode it, it shows you a picture of a companion cube on the, the surface of somewhere else. There you go. Ah, uh, huh? uh, how cool is that for an Easter egg? Yes, uh, wow, uh, very, that is uh, pretty wow. Foreboding. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, number six is the Monkey Family on Halo Three. Have you seen these? I've never seen these. I, I've seen these. I know exactly where they are. Um, yeah. That's really creepy, isn't That's, it? It's really weird. So basically, what it is uh, on, I think. The second level, or no, it's the first level, sorry. The first level on High Life 3, uh, you're in a kind of jungle area and you kind of go through some caves. And I think it's where the snipers come in. And you jump up to a ledge on the left, on the top left, and you'll get, like, uh, this family of monkeys. Now, they're not moving um, or anything, but they, they have monkeys, but they have human faces on, on them. Creepy. It's the same face though as well, though, isn't it? It's just the same face, same face on all on four all, of them. On all of the all four of the little monkeys. Weird. It's weird, and I don't know why. You can't do anything with them. You can't shoot them. You can't. Kill you can them. shoot them. They just blood comes out of them, but nothing happens. You don't. Oh, you can't. Yeah, there's no, nothing happens. Still, they're just yeah. Uh, and that's it. But there's another set apparently hidden even further along, which is even harder to get to. But there's some more as well. There's two lots apparently. Uh, there's, apparently there are some in Halo ODST uh, if you sit through the c- credits and watch the final cutscene um, you can actually move the camera left like you can in Reach uh, and for a few seconds you can see um, another monkey man uh, standing with well, one of the main characters just around. weird that is it why would you put that in the game well I don't know if it's at all connected probably not but uh, in Riven you know the, the sequel to Mist, the developers put pictures of their kids all over the island so there are like these rock formations where their kids' faces, if you look really closely, you can see like the outlines of their kids' faces and stuff. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Okay, next one. Uh, oh, well, move on, I'm creeped fa- out uh, now. Well, no, on Halo 3, according to the, 
some fans. Uh, they uh, they supposedly resemble Marcus Leto or something, uh, the creative art director of Bungie, and by extension, the various Space Marines modelled after him throughout the series, the ser- several Halo games. Um, so apparently, they look like the art director of Bungie. If you go to veterangames.co.uk, you can see a new uh, documentary that I put up on uh, the history of Bungie. But that's yeah, I that's another thing. Anyway. Um, Number five, the Statue of Liberty and its secret heart. Now I have seen this, done this, got been in there, had a look at this. Got to say, uh, because the the game world is so vast that you can almost never fully explore all of it. Grand Theft Auto series is, is full of bizarre urban legends about what you can find hidden there, like the one uh, that claims you can see Bigfoot wandering around, or Leather Face, or the ghost of CJ's mom. Really. Or, that I've CJ, not heard about that. Or that CJ is actually a woman under his armour or something. The truth, however, is even stranger than those rumours. This involves the Statue of Happiness in GTA 4, which is exactly like the Statue of Liberty, except a disturbing, almost inhuman grin on the face. Um, yes, uh, the statue is only reachable by a helicopter, a boat or swimming to the islands, which seems like a way, to, way too much effort to look at the monument. That's clearly just background scenery for your killing spree. If you still desire to go and you manage to climb to the upper level of the statue's base, you'll see a door that will see that a sign reads, no hidden content this way. Um, we're assuming that many, not many people are making it past this point because if you uh, can't trust a video game about stealing cars and shooting people, then... Who can you trust? However, if you will pass the sign, you'll find a ladder that takes you inside the statue where you'll see the heart, a, a real beating heart suspended inside the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, very weird. I, I believe, unless I'm wrong, the, I, I remember the only way you could get to it was to drop off a helicopter onto the platform yeah, a bit higher up. You couldn't, you, you couldn't walk up from inside no. it. There was no way of getting to it. You had to drop like on a ledge that you could only drop. Yeah. You had to get on. That's the only when then when when it is just a, it is a crazy weird thing. Have you seen this Duke? He's in the beating heart. I've not played GTA Four enough, but I'm looking at it on the thing, and it's uh, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. Okay, moving on. Next well, one. Well, there is another one, a little another Easter egg, and uh, there is a stroller on a beach in GTA. And at first, you might say, "Big deal, whatever." It's a stroller. Who cares? Uh, and then it says, ask yourself this, how many children have you seen in Grand Theft Auto games? Why would there be a stroller abandoned by the ocean? No less in a world without children. If not to freak you the fuck out. Yeah, that is a bit odd when you think about it that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is another Easter egg that's not on this list in GTA 4. Well, a creepy one, though. Is it creepy? It's kind of weird. Uh, Patrick, you know, the Irish guy, Patrick, Paddy? Yeah. Alright, if you kind of move... You know, sometimes if you move a camera and the character's close by the wall, you can see inside them. Yeah. You know, like inside their head, you can see the, the back of their teeth or the other side of the face that you're not supposed to see. But if you do that with Patrick... Is there a shamrock? There's a little box, <laughs> right, a little cube in his brain with a picture of a brain on it. Really? That's yeah. very odd. Very wow. odd. That is weird. Very odd. Uh, number four. Hitman contracts... The Hidden Ghost. Now, I never played this game. Did anybody? No, I watched the video of it. I watched, obviously, the ghosty video. It was quite creepy. 
you would expect Ghost to show up in a straight action stealth game like Hitman. Uh, the series is known for its gritty realism, and besides, the whole point is that you can kill pretty much anyone you see in contrived ways, so why would they even bother to include one, or type, one type of person that's completely immune to being shot at? And, yeah, there you go, contracts uh, yep. placed in the hotel. You have a device to kill some dudes at some point. Uh, during the mission, you come across a door, and then you see a ghost. Yeah, it is. It is pretty freaky and weird. I've got to say to have that, but there you go. So have a look at that. If you, uh, yeah, is it, it is. Yeah, and it only it. appears for like a couple of seconds. It does it? Does okay. Right. Next one. Next one. Uh, number three is the Game Boy camera. <laughs> but this wasn't an Easter egg. This was just did freaky stuff. <laughs> Disturbing error faces. Now the Game Boy camera uh, came up for the Game Boy, of course, and what it could do is take a picture of your face. Um, and kind of like read it and kind of doodle on it, but yeah, it, it sometimes it didn't do a great job. It did very odd things. Very odd things. Uh, not really much to say about that one. No, there isn't. Moving on. <laughs> uh, number two is various games. They're already scraping the barrel on this <laughs> list. Uh, I don't know what to say about these. No, weirdest sounds. It's weird sounds in various games, it's saying. Weird so sounds. Weird sounds that you, did, you hear. Right, so in Half-Life 2... Um, it contains some insane shit. For example, the zombies you frequently encounter in the game usually make some strange hollowing noise that is disconcerting on its own. It gets weirder if you reverse it, though, and hear a mostly unaltered human voice screaming, Oh, God. Oh, God. God help me. Over and over. So wow, that is pretty weird, because you don't think that when you hear them, is it? Do you? you don't realise it's a reversed voice. No. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the other one I like is it, apparently in Call of Duty World at War, you can hear nice, pleasant things like girls crying. <laughs> yep, that definitely does say that. God, yeah. that is pretty oh, freaky. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, disembodied pianos, Red Army rallies, people being tortured, and even a speech by a ghost Hitler himself, apparently in, in World at War. Which in some is, of the multiplayer maps in World at War. Yeah, in the multiplayer, if you stand in certain spots on the map. Strange. There you go. Uh, going back to Half-Life 2, Episode 1, if you, you also encounter the City 17 police forces have been infected and turned into zombies. They're generally un- unintelligible. And but with a bit of sound manipulation, you can hear some kind of disturbing stuff. Essentially, these things seem to be reliving their moments. Yeah, God, that is freaky, isn't it? So what they're saying over their little radio marks is kind of like the last thing they said while they was live. So infestations, parasites, uh, sector is not secure, neurotics inbound. So they're saying, you know, like over and over again what they the last thing they ever said, which is weird. And number one, yeah. number one, what's number one? No, we've still got some weird sounds left. Have we? Yeah. Yeah, there's one more. I'm curious to know about. Uh, I'll read it off. And as you know, maybe those kinds of Easter eggs are a little understandable being in intense, mature games like they are, unlike the next one in the game Jam Sessions for the Nintendo DS, of all things. You can allow the A6 guitar chord string to ring out, and if you don't play any other notes afterwards, it plays a whispered message that sounds a lot 
hell of a lot like Forgive Us. Let's listen. Loading. A6. Oh, that does Whoa. sound like forgiveness. Yeah, that does sound loud, doesn't it? For the first time I ever heard the Beatles stuff backward, I buried Paul. Oh, that freaked me out. There you go. God. So maybe that's just the developer saying, we're sorry for this terrible, terrible game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Could be. <laughs> that's what and it is. And number one is World of Warcraft, the ghost of Warcraft past. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we talked about some strange things in World of Warcraft before, but who are we to resist writing about what is essentially a haunted castle from a previous game? Before World of Warcraft, there was Warcraft games, a series of non-MMORPG strategy games focusing on uh, the war between humans and orcs. Uh, on World at War, there, sorry, on WoW, there is an area called Ruins of Lordaeron or something over the undead capital. And inside the main castle area, castle looking area, you can find an abandoned throne room. If you listen very co- closely, that is crank the ambient sound volume slider to the max. You can hear some spooky, disembodied voices. All right, let me try playing this and see if we can hear anything. Playing, it's moving. Sorry, I'll shut up. I don't think that's spooky. That doesn't really. sound spooky at all. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I heard something. I hear ambient noises, but I don't hear any voices. I'm scared. Stu smells bad. Ginny's got a funny looking face. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, some sort of whispering or something going on, I guess. So there you go. Yeah, I guess you're right. Who cares? There you go. So thank you for that, Ginny. I thought that was quite an interesting. Some interesting stuff. The jam sessions one is quite. Yeah, weird. forgive us. That is That's weird, weird man. Uh, definitely the the zombie oh god oh god backwards is yeah is yeah that's disturbing. really creepy you've got to, you, you can count on Val to do weird shit can't you Lionel yes you can um, I'm surprised okay. there are some from like Left 4 Dead or something on that on that point we need to get the hell out of here do our goodbyes and go <sighs> uh, so uh, Duke you first off you go so. alright my shout outs include Kale Ingram aka Yum Bacon because he took advantage of the switcher gamer tag for cheap yes, offer he did. yes he did and changed his name to Bacon I don't mm, know why that matters right. but anyway yeah um, other shout outs people who like us on Facebook do you want to be my friend on the Facebook do you want to be my friend on the Facebook Terry Wright, Peter Lyons, Chris Matthew, William Rodrigo, James Johnson, Dennis Shank, and Peter Gibbons. So thanks to all of you for liking us. I'll tell you what, our, and, and our Facebook, real sense of liking. Our Facebook has taken off, hasn't it? It's, it's just, blowing up, man. It has. It's the mental. We have a new member, JJUK, a.k.a. John Jameson. Uh, he wrote in his registration email, keep up the good work and sound effects. Yeah, huh? Oh. All right. Oh, come on, Sorry, let's get down, come on, everybody. 
I don't know how many times we can tell people, just don't encourage him. God. I would draw my question. Stop encouraging him. question. Terrible. Um, yes, we had a play date with Black Ops, and it was a lot of fun. So cheers to the people who showed up. Mike Hardman, G.H. Rucker, a.k.a. Antonio Evil, Step J, and Influenza Honky Patrol. Our next play date, we haven't done one on the PS3 in a while. Uh, let's see, what games can we play on the PS3 together as a group? Was, Uncharted gonna... 2! Yeah, Uncharted 2, yeah. <laughs> but th- can, we, can we play Halo Reach soon? Because that, that um, game... Yeah, stupid that. racing game uh, thing. Rocket Race, oh, yeah. Speed yeah. Halo thing. Yeah. Speed Halo, yeah, I really want to play Rocket Races and Speed Halo. So. Right, okay, sure. The week after. That. Oh, wait, no, no, somebody yeah. said they want to do Homefront. They got in before you. So two weeks from uh, next Sunday, all right. Uh, we'll do uh, Halo. Yes, cool. there you oh, go. Yeah. This week it's Uncharted. So 2. this coming week it's Uncharted Two. Join us, people. It'll be the fourteenth uh, of August, six p.m. UK time. And you make sure you do update your. your uh, oh God, PS3 yeah. Update the game on the Saturday PS3. or something. Just put in Uncharted yeah. Two for a second. Just let it update so you don't have to do it the next day. Okay. Video game podcasts, Other video similar game in vein to ours, but different in the way they're uh, delivered. Some have all kinds of sound effects. Are for old people. Some talk yeah. about RPGs. Some might say that. No, no one says that. And of course, you Lots have links to you know great forums. You don't have any other friends. So check it out. VGHub.net it is a great starting point for your podcast discovery. In for you. Now piss off. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, That's me done. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just going to read out. I I started up a new thread uh, called Rubbish Jokes. Uh, so I've already read a couple of these out every week. <laughs> just silly oh, jokes. Right. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, the first one is from Nick Nitrous. Uh, he says, uh, two flies eating some poo." One turns to the other and says, "This tastes like shit." There you <laughs> go. Uh, from. <laughs> Even because it is shit. Even uh, two fish in a tank. One says to the other, "How did we fire the gun?" <laughs> what? <laughs> two fish in a, a tank. Dude. Two fish in a tank. One says to the other, "How do you fire the gun?" How no? does a, how does a fish know how to speak English? Oh, sure. Uh, two. Uh, uh, this one I like this, and I had to think about this for a second. Two birds on a perch. One says to the other, "Can you smell fish?" Yeah, I'll leave that with you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite right. good that it's quite good it takes a second it's one of those uh, are you I, I'll confess to being really stupid I don't get it a perch is a type of fish okay uh, uh, okay uh, a young Jedi is doing his homework his dad walks in and turned off his lamp uh, the, the Jedi says dad why do you turn the lamp off and he says because I'm going to be a lightsaber and <laughs> 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 uh, that was from G.H. Rocker uh, from G.H. Rocker um Okay, uh, what's what's ET short for? Because he's got little legs. Hey, what does hey. what does what does ET stand for? <laughs> I don't know what. Because he hasn't got a chair. There, uh. you, <laughs> there you go. And I'll leave it at that for now. What do you call a know. black man who flies planes? I don't know. What. Call him a pilot, you freaking racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love oh, it. it's excellent. Uh, I did have one that I put it to start it off, and I, I don't think I've told you this. So I'll tell you quickly. Uh, two cannibals eating a clown. One says to the other, do you think this tastes funny? It tastes funny. <laughs> it tastes nice. funny. There you go. Uh, uh, so, Chini, shout out. What did the farmer say when he lost his tractor? I don't know. What. Where's my tractor? <laughs> That's terrible. 
<laughs> Look, write him in the thread. That's what the thread's there for. Yes, I will write some in the thread. <laughs> okay. Everybody else should come and write some in the thread too. <laughs> Veterangamers.co.uk up at the top. There's a link to this forum. Join us. All right, Chini, go ahead. Oh, uh, we have a competition. If you want to win 1,200 Microsoft points or a PlayStation Network card, if you play on the PS Triple, um, enter the competition. What you have to do is you have to draw myself, Duke, and Stu either by hand or in paint or paintbrush or whatever and send it to us. You can email it to us on podcast at veterangamers.co.uk or you can put it on our Facebook page, Veteran Gamers UK, or you can tweet us, Veteran Gamers UK, and you'll be entered into the competition. We've had some great entries. Uh, Stu's pissed himself with laughing at some of them, and uh, you have to draw in-jokes. So if you listen to the podcast, draw some in-jokes. Um, Stu... Uh, these are examples. Don't, don't, These are just examples. Don't give, just don't give any examples. Yeah, in-jokes. So they have to be in-jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Things we've joked them. about in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. In the past, Things maybe like that. we've joked about them for a while. So if you've listened to the show and it's given you some kind of image in your head, draw that image, yes. send it us to us, yeah. and you can win some Microsoft points. That's right. Now, who donated those Microsoft points? Bongo. Uh, the- Bongo. <laughs> so if you listen to this and think, yeah, I'll get round to it, you better be quick because the deadline is the 20th of... Uh, August, August, right? So the, by the time you listen to the next week's podcast, you probably would have run out of time. So get on it. If you listen to this before the 20th of August, do it. Just do it and get it out of the way. Even if it's crap, we'll, we'll, if we get a laugh out of it or you've got some good ideas in there, it could still win. It doesn't have to be a, massive, a masterpiece and all this jazz. It doesn't, you don't have to now, we it. appreciate masterpieces too. You yes, can send we, us a masterpiece if Jake you're a Jake Brath sent some really good, like... Uh, the the one that he did like was just kind of like squiggly lines and stuff was really good, and we really liked that one. But there's been some others that are terrible, but just as funny. Um, <laughs> Definitely. So it, yeah, we're not judging it. the quality of the art here, people. It's all exactly. about the funny stuff and yeah. yeah how well, much he makes us laugh is a good judge for me. Don't don't <laughs> think I'll get round to it because you really don't have a lot of time. Won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, I've got some shout outs to do. I've got a shout out Superstar Less. Uh, Hell Patrol, Filthy, uh, DeSaint, even though he's a noob, uh, Big Bad Daddy, Johnny Fart Pants, uh, The Dino, uh, and he said called DeSaint a noob or something, and Jamie of Gilead, and yeah, yeah there you go. Just shout him out because the uh, I said on Twitter, I'll give you a shout out if you... Ah, he did a Twitter thing, I like yeah. Um Yeah. Final thing, yeah, uh, Surface Lizard did turn up, so I'm getting a free dinner at Eurogamer, so thanks for that. Well, um, Jamie of Gilead, he's having a baby girl. He just found out that he's having a baby girl. Oh, that's cool. Very Yay. nice. Yay. And on that note, we need to get a house for you, so see you next week, I guess. Thank yeah. you, good night, much love. Sweet. Bye. Jamma fool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. instead